Three, two, one. Fuck! Welcome back. Why did you yell fuck? I had to get that out of my system. Now, how do I increase okay, this so or whatever? Okay. Okay, Boom. there we go. Nice. We are back. We are back. We just watched a movie. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Midway. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. A little long. You know what? I thought it was much longer than it was. Like when I saw it, because it started at what, four? And we got out at six. Yeah. I, I felt like it was like three hours. Yeah. I was like, this is another pro hard of like, is this a four hour movie? Like I was thinking of that a part of it. Yeah. Because they would like bomb something and then they'd be like, we did it. Yeah. Everyone clap. Yeah. And then it shows to, it cuts to another scene. It's like, well, we need a tour. Go. Yeah. And then they fly more planes. Dude, it. <laughs> good movie, though. It was a good movie. It's just like so much. It was so fast, like all the subtitles going across. It's like this month, this year, this thing. Yeah. 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 So on the way into the movie theater, though, we, we witnessed a man walking out of the movie theater with a giant-ass bucket of popcorn on the way back to his car. Yeah. With his designer sunglasses. That was like, who the fuck takes home the large bucket of popcorn? It's not even a reusable bucket. It was like a paper bucket. I know some people go to the movie theater just to buy the popcorn and leave. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. I, I don't Sometimes they want to watch a movie at home or whatever, so they go to the... Why not m- make your own popcorn at home? You could do that, but that'd be too easy, wouldn't it? Or that'd be too hard, I mean. It, it's not as hard as driving, like, three miles to the movie theater mm-hmm. and spending what two or three times the amount that the popcorn should cost yeah i know i kind of want to sneak in one of those like bras you fill up with wine and just fill it as much as i can get because this day and age they can't really ask you about it right so i'll walk in one movie ticket please it's ma'am okay yeah ma'am it's ma'am I'd like to speak to your supervisor. Sorry, we didn't mean anything by it, sir. It's ma'am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. And then I saw an, another guy with uh, stickers all over his truck that were like the... I didn't serve, but I thought about serving. <laughs> yeah, he had a Star- lot. Starter pack. He was an NRA member, so... Yeah, he had the NRA sticker, the fucking Punisher face, the Moan Labe bullshit. Yeah, I support Rocky. Yeah, it's like... Or Rambo, rather. Yeah. I fucked that one up. Good one, Caden. But, yeah, and I, whenever I see that shit, I just think those guys are complete fucking tools. It's like, yeah. you'll preach it, but you won't fucking do it. <coughs> yeah. Well, I kind of... I, I've painted that perspective for some people, like people way younger than me that literally don't know what they want to do yet. That's like the first thing I recommend. Is even military? Th- even though I haven't been in, I knew that it would have done me good at that age. For sure. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's a... <clears throat> but I don't like flash it around. I have some Marine Corps uh, shirts, but to be fair, I did the whole fucking 20 pull-ups the lock at the bottom, go at the top, hang for a second, 20 of those to get that. So, 
at one of their little booths. Yeah, I'm. I I I actually got that going through going through the depths the first time. Yeah. But um. Anyways, I have that one just because it's comfy, pretty much. And I think the Marines are cool. I support the hell out of them. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was that guy that almost hit me today. In the car. Yep. Oh yeah. Cucko McFlag flying off the top. Yeah. He had U of U flags flying down the highway. Um, well, actually, before we got on the highway, he had this poor little dog that looked out. And he, I swear. The dog, like, apologized. For I kind of heard him say, like, well, help, my owner's a fucking asshole. Please help me. Uh, <laughs> as he swerved over into the lane and, like, almost hit us. And he's, like, like, I knew when that happened that was bad, but I saw he was wearing, like, an Apple Watch, too. He probably had ear pods in. AirPods, whatever. Yeah. And he lost one of his U of U flags. So it was kind of, it wasn't a success kind of. And I think that's why he kept trying to pull over. He's like, my precious U of U flag. Oh. Yeah. How are they going to know I support them now? It can't be from the fucking bumper sticker, (laughs) license plate cover, or shirt that he's wearing. Or the 70 grand he already paid him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Nope, he's got to have that second flag. Or the fact that he gets season tickets to every fucking game. When was the last time you saw somebody do that with the American flag? What, hang it? Put it on their their cars and stuff. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I used to see it all the time. I don't see it anymore. Like, ever. I used to fly it on my motorcycle. Like, a big fucking one on my motorcycle back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's very rare. It's more, nowadays, it's more common to see a BYU stick, like a BYU flag or a U of U flag as they congest the fuck out of the highways to go to their dumbass games. Yeah. They can all butt plug each other. And talk about their favorite player and talk about how the other players aren't performing correctly. And if they were there. <laughs> yeah. If, if I were 30 years younger. Oh, well, God damn. You're not. So shut the fuck up. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's stupid, man. I don't buy into it. I don't want a part of it. I don't want it near me. I don't fucking care about that football shit. You said you were going to talk about something in particular but i can't remember what it was oh yeah the guy who said hey siri in public oh yeah like what kind of a douche do you have to be to use that kind of shit in public and it was loud too dude it was loud enough that we both turned over our shoulders like he was calling somebody over like hey siri yeah (laughs) yeah call vanessa hey vanessa yeah no i just picked up the food i'm on the way back like those type of conversations yeah yeah it's just funny man it's just funny to me. It's like, I guess it's not as bad as people that FaceTime in public without headphones in. Like, yeah, if you had. It's pretty bad. Like, they're just sitting there talking to somebody and, like, walking across the crosswalk, and they just assume. Like, those little uh, yellow crosswalks, the diamonds where you're supposed to stop. People just assume, like, oh, everyone has to stop. It's the law. So they're and like. It is look, the law, but. They're looking down at their phones, like, freaking upper plex syndrome, just fucking. Looking down, like, yeah, going through their Instagram feed because God forbid they miss something, dude. They don't want to be outside of the party. Speaking of social media, while I was using the bathroom just a second ago, um, I thumbed through Facebook on the shitter. That's pretty much the only time I look at it. Yeah. Um, there's gonna be a real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Like, legitimately, like, it was released by People Magazine. Oh, dude, I know. I drove them around in Uber. Really? I picked up the... Oh, these broads. I picked them up in my freaking 
Chrysler 300C, just no exhaust, just in the back seat. I picked them up. They were already wine drunk, and they were in their 40s talking about fucking and sucking and like all of this drama. Was a a camera crew with them? No, there might as well have been. Like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing from these grown-ass women. Like, I pick them up in this right up on Capitol Hill. Really nice neighborhood. Pick them up. They all get in. There's like five people. They were bitches, by the way. There was one lady who sat up up in the front, and she actually was like, "Thank you." Like, she was she was polite. The rest of them were just bitches. Yeah. Well, anyway, I saw this, and like a bunch of my friends on social media are like, "Oh, I'm totally gonna watch this," and I was like, "Why? You're gonna watch a bunch of people." bitch about relief society assignments yeah <laughs> oh you'd be surprised dude salt lake some dirty ass hoes oh i'm sure but i i'm just saying like the real housewives of salt lake. get the fuck out of here no it's like, like a thing dude like bravo picked it up it's that's cute. so dumb it's like what happened to focusing on the real life of yourself like people would rather watch in their own city they're like it's coming to my city i can watch other people's lives <laughs> i can sit in front of my tv and watching the same city, these middle-aged women complain about non-problems. And I can't wait. Yeah. It's funny, God man. damn it, Consuelo. Why'd you scratch this mahogany table? Can we start a reality TV show about people that watch reality TV? It'd probably be very successful. It probably would be, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. It, like, in all honesty, with the way society's going. First, we have to do the fuckumentary, which is actually coming up. <laughs> and I'm excited about that. The we co- need to get the cameras for we it. We do need to get the cameras for it. Um, um, how much are GoPros going for nowadays? Um, we can find some of the heroes for, like, 90 Okay, so they're, they're not they're like not $400 bad. anymore. No, if we get a couple of those like and put one in the dash, and then we can do a time lapse of driving there. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, time lapse of just random shots of us driving through the Utah wilderness. Do you know what we should do? What? Um, there's some native tribes right close to them. We should talk to the natives about like the Native American tribes on the uh, reservations that are like just across the border. Yeah, and we should talk to them about what they're like. Yeah, <laughs> that would be really funny. My worst fear is that we go through and everyone's like, yeah, they're really nice. What the fuck are you talking about? And then CNN or someone makes a documentary about us <laughs> as a hate group trying to <laughs> trying to discriminate against the Polygies. <laughs> if it happens, it happens. Hey, no, no publicity is bad. Or uh, fuck it. Any publicity is good publicity. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even drunk yet, and I'm already slurring my words. Yeah, well, that's just because uh, you're kind of retarded after having to listen to Deborah for an hour. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I probably could agree with you on that. Um, I hit my head really hard when I was a kid, and no, I'm just kidding. I just maybe, maybe I don't remember it. Maybe I was raped. I don't know. I suppressed that shit. It's fine. Yeah, that's why you're having dreams of people chasing you. Yeah, it could be. Like maybe going it's like, after that booty hole. Yeah, there have been times where I look back as a kid, and I'm like, did I have that dream, or was that real? And it wasn't about getting raped. It was about, like, big-ass spiders that I'd see, like, huge-ass spiders. And I look back, and I don't know. I don't know if it was real or what. Yeah, because everything when you're a kid is, like, scaled up, mm-hmm. you know? like Yeah. Um, yeah, like, 
like grown ups are like ten feet fucking tall, you know. It's just Yeah. Yeah, I I remember my backyard when I was a kid. Giant. I lived, I, I lived in a duplex. Yeah. And it was fucking huge. I drove by that house a couple weeks ago. No. Right? No. It's like a toddler would walk into this studio and think it was like a spaceship. Yeah. Like, whoa. Little do they know it's just a 10 by 15 room. It's a little room with some foam. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's a lot more magical when you're a kid. Yeah. Sadly, some people become autistic, stay that way. Uh, not, Not real autistic, but, you know, could be argued sometimes. And like the guys that like watch all the Disney movies and like collect them, but they're they're grown ass men and they're not married, and they have like all the plush toys, and they're like, "This is the '93 release of Mickey Mouse." I have the, so I get what you're saying, but I do have some Disney stuff downstairs. It's like the collector's edition statues. Yeah, from the park. Well, that's fair. You went there. There's a lot of people who just watch the movie. Have you ever gone to Disney World as a grown ass man by yourself? No. Yeah, there. That's. I think that's a. So the first and last time I have been to Disneyland, I was. Uh, I think I was like 22 ish. Yeah. I went with Liz. I'd never been before, and I had just got stationed in Southern California, and I was like, fuck it, dude. I've never been to Disneyland before, so I'm going to go Okay. when my girlfriend comes out to visit me. And so I went and bought us two adult tickets, and she came out to visit, and we drove up there and did the Disneyland thing for, for the day. And Had I the was, experience? I was very unimpressed. And Was it dirty as shit? No. Really? No. Okay, that's good. It wasn't dirty. It was just like I just wasn't impressed. I like guys like this shit is definitely over fucking hyped, dude. Like I get you. I wouldn't take my kids to that place. I can't imagine the people working in the costumes. You know what I mean? Like they're probably not making much. You got to know the conversations they have outside of the costume, like in the break room. Probably wouldn't want around my kids. Yeah. Yeah, true. But I don't. I've been to Lagoon, dude. Good enough for me. Yeah, I mean, like Six Flags or Knott's Berry Farm was pretty cool, um, just because the roller coasters are bigger. Yeah, and like they're they're more high speed. But um, Disneyland, very unimpressed. I could see as like if you were a kid. Yeah. How it'd be like amazing. Yeah. But... Okay. For let's say you have a choice between vacations, going to Disney World for. Three grand, I'll throw... I don't know what the numbers are. Or you could go on a freaking, like... uh, I don't know, like a helicopter gunship freaking shooting range. What would you rather do? Shooting range. I would too. I think that sounds so much more fun. But... If I have kids, it'd probably be Disneyland. Yeah? Because... At that point, you're going for your kids. You're not going for yourself anymore. You wouldn't want to raise your kids in that just fucking... Just like Rambo lifestyle. Yeah, that'd be so cool, dude. Dude, I so I want my kids to, whenever I do have them, to like the same stuff I like. But I want to introduce it to them slowly. Like, okay. I don't want them to get afraid of it. Oh, that's like, fair. I took my, nephew, my oh, yeah. nephew's shooting um, last year. And I was like trying to help one shoot and uh yeah um so i had my hand bracing the pistol over their hand and uh 
my uh, one nephew, um, Lane, pulls the trigger, and gun goes off, recoils, slide comes back, and it gives me a Beretta bite on my hand, and my hand's bleeding a little bit. It's not too bad. Um, scared the hell out of him. Yeah. Wants nothing to do with firearms now. His brother, Zane, who shot after him, was like, I don't give a fuck if my uncle's bleeding. I want to shoot. Yeah. That's kind of how I want my kids to be like, well, you know, like, yeah, something sad, quote unquote, happened. But, you know, I'd rather take a Beretta bite to my hand than have my fucking nephew break his nose because of the recoil off of a nine mil because he doesn't know how to. For sure. Yet, you know, for sure. But, uh, yeah, one of them, uh, they're twins. One of them got really scared just by the small injury. And it's good that he, it's, it's good that he now has that respect for firearms. Yeah. But I don't like to see it like cause him to be so apprehensive that he couldn't traumatic. Yeah. He couldn't continue to enjoy the day and just appreciate like my dad and yeah. me like he's just sitting in the car staring out the window yeah like he came back from nom and <laughs> yeah. just can't you know just can't do it he had some stories to tell yeah um yeah so that was kind of sad to me zane didn't give a fuck dude he was like oh you're bleeding whatever you know <laughs> yeah and that that's cool but zane's also a little more high energy too like he um it's it's weird, dude. I don't know if I did this with my twin brother, but they like fucking play against each other sometimes. Like Lane will mess something up, like break something, and he'll blame it on the other kid. And since the other kid's so high energy all the fucking time, everyone believes him. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> God, that would, my sister, my sister blamed me for so much shit I didn't do, and my parents never believed me, dude. And she turned out to be way, way more of a hellion than I did. Way more. And my mom, like, later in life is like, I'm so sorry I didn't believe you on all that's this That's what's going to happen with Zane, dude. Yeah. that That's exactly what's going to happen with him. Because I, I make these minis for Warhammer. And, like, some of them I make just for me because I enjoy doing it. Yeah. And they, uh, my nephews saw them and they wanted to play with them. And I was like, no, you can't play with them. Like, that's not, like, they're not, like, toy toys, you know? Right. And, uh... Anyway, they came over to my house for Thanksgiving, and everyone was, like, running around. I was busy with Liz trying to, like, deal with Thanksgiving shit last year. Yeah. And uh, a couple weeks went by. Um, I hadn't set foot into my art studio in probably close to a month. Mm -hmm. I go in there, and, like, a bunch of my um, Warhammer Scions are fucking broken apart on the table. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I told Candace about it, my sister, and she, like, confronts him. I was like, dude, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, I can fix it. It's just like, yeah, you know, she's like, no, but you also told them not to do it. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not their parent. Like, yeah, she's like, I'll, I'll take care of it. I was like, okay, but I just wanted you to know it's not a big deal to me. I was just like, I just kind of came up in conversation. Yeah. You know, and she, like, grounded them and shit, and it's like. Dude, this happened weeks ago. They, like, you can't ground them for something that happened, like, four weeks ago, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll be different when I'm a dad. Maybe I'll just be like, hey, listen here, little fucker. Like, Caden told you not to mess with that, and you went in and fucking messed with it. That was two months ago. I don't give a shit. Like. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Things you get into as a kid. What's yeah. the most fucked up thing you did as a kid, you think? Uh, dude, that's a good question. Like, like morally fucked up? Or and just... I'll like, give you my example. Like, okay. at the babysitter's. I went to a babysitter's and I shit in a bucket. Like they, they had all these toys for the kids to play and I just shit in the bucket and just left it there. <laughs> okay. And they found out it was me. And so I got blamed for it, rightfully so. I had to call her and apologize to her. Terrible, terrible experience. A couple weeks later, somebody shit in her basement and they blamed it on me. I didn't fucking do it. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> It's just somebody knew you were going to take the fall at that point. I did probably. They're like, mm-hmm. um, dude, I don't know. Um, childhood was such a long time ago to me, and I've had a couple of hits to the head and so much alcohol that it's kind of fuzzy. Yeah. But um, I, I remember visiting my grandma's house. My cousins and I broke into someone else's house. Yeah. Just as kids, like little fucking kids, because we thought the place was haunted and we wanted to see some ghosts. <laughs> we like spent some time in there and left. Yeah. Um, Ghost we, hunting. Yeah. We went to somebody else's, uh, like, I mean, this is like before we were 10 years old, even. My grandma had like one of those old school metal, like radio flyer um, wagons. Or, like, I don't know, like, the thing that you pull along behind you. Yeah. My brother, my cousin, and I would sit in that and go to this guy's yard at the end of the street. We didn't have permission to be there, but he had this big hill in the back of his yard. It's probably not as big as I remember it being. Yeah. But we'd try to ride it, ride that wagon down the fucking hill, and we'd, like, <laughs> wreck. My cousin broke his arm, and uh, we just kept doing it, like. <laughs> So, I, I don't know. We just did stupid shit like that. That's fair. I remember a similar situation where my my uh, my aunt and uncle owned a, a place in Victor, Idaho. And it had this big hill in the backyard, like this big divot. And I convinced my cousin to ride the little Barbie Jeep, like, down the thing. Yeah. And we, I was sitting in there, and we were like, yeah, we get to the bottom, and we couldn't get it back up. Like, we were sitting there. I remember the battery was, like, dying. as I was like, and it was, like, just went back to the bottom. And I remember my uncle was so pissed, dude. Why? He's like, you guys aren't supposed to drive it down there in the first place. And, uh, yeah, I convinced them to do it. I was really good at doing that. I convinced a lot of people to do shit that... Got them in a lot of trouble. Oh, or, for instance, like uh, back when Candace, Denver, um, Corbin, and myself were all younger. Uh, I can't remember exactly where they lived, but um, my, <clears throat> my dad and stepmom, I don't even know if she was my stepmom at that point, but uh, they lived in like this uh, condo sort of deal and there was like this empty field with a giant pit in the back of it we used to take our bikes down there and like build ramps out of the dirt and try to like and by my not my sister um corbin corbin like cut his leg open really fucking bad and we were like all trying to be hush hush about it even him um there was one time corbin and i got bored while i was at my dad's house and uh 
we took a nightlight and unscrewed the light bulb and just shoved a bunch of spare wires that we found lying around the house into yeah. it. Yeah. And then like shoved a double A battery into the fucking light bulb socket and like tapped it down and then tried to plug it in and it like fucking blew up. It blew the light socket. It blew out the fucking electrical socket. <laughs> caused a big black char mark on the wall. <laughs> My dad was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You're 13. You should know better. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um my dad used to reload his own ammo we took a box of gunpowder and we blew up a stump at the a tree stump at the park across the street one time yeah it'll just like i don't know that sounds pretty fun fucking dangerous dude we for were sure. so fucking stupid for sure i uh i <laughs> i created a propaganda campaign in elementary school that got me suspended I uh, I told everyone, I got like five of my friends, I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to spread a rumor that there's going to be a big fight, like the fight of all fights, <laughs> and it's going to be at this spot. And I was into like movies at the time, like choreographed movies, so I got another friend, we'd like practice in the back of the field, like, and then so this propaganda like spread, and then people actually came. There was like 40, 50 people that showed up, and they're like, fight, 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 and we're sitting there like not even hitting each other, just like blocking each other's shit. And teachers came and tore us apart. And they, uh, yeah, we got suspended for that. <laughs> we, we got written up and suspended for a fight that, that didn't happen. That didn't actually happen. No, it never happened. Oh, there was a, there was a time when I was in elementary school. Um, and I thought this guy was picking on my brother. And, you know, this is back in the day, the... Not the, like, super glory days, but it was, like, back in the, like, 90s WWE where it was still kind of, like, raw and they, like, still did, like, table ladder and chair yep. matches okay. and and stuff. And, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin was, like, my favorite fucking guy in the world. Yeah. And, like, I thought, like, I saw this guy and he had my brother in a headlock. And so I just ran up behind him and, like, fucking Stone Cold stunnered his ass, dude. I cut his lips open with on his teeth. Like, really fucking bad, dude. There was blood everywhere. I, I got suspended for that. Um, and it was it was a misunderstanding? Yeah. They were just, like, re they they were just kind of, like, play wrestling. And I, like, I I almost knocked this kid's teeth out of his fucking face. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, oh, I miss getting away with that kind of shit. Because if you do that kind of stuff now, you go to jail as an adult, and that sucks. Yeah, as a kid, they're just like, learn from this. Yep. Don't hurt this person. Like, you don't, ju you don't just do stuff like that. Yeah. And you're like, okay, mom. Oh, I'm blessed I didn't get sent to that correctional school. However, district has a school they send their hellions to, and it's like the worst place. I almost got sent there. I'm glad I didn't. It's like the people would be suspended and they get sent to that school. So there was fights all the time. It was hell. We got really close. Yeah? My brother and I got really close a few times. Um, when we finally went to middle school, and him and I didn't have like the same teachers and like schedule all the yeah. time, mm -hmm. apparently my brother and a couple of his friends beat the fuck out of somebody during lunchtime. Really? Yeah, because he was like saying racist some some racist shit or yeah, something. Yeah. Okay. They they took him out of a fire exit that wasn't alarmed on the school, beat the fuck out of him, and said "die Nazi fuck" and just left him there. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> it 
Yeah, we didn't really have any of that. <laughs> we didn't have any of that. We just had parents that probably molested their kids. That's primarily what was in Idaho, I think. Dude, I I think on a on a level that's worse. Yeah. Yeah, like cuz I mean like racism's bad. Yeah. Uh, especially like violent racism. Mhm. But if you're like molesting a kid, that's that's a whole different level, dude. That's like Oh, I think rural America is like looking back as a kid I didn't really think about it, but now being older, I think some shit went down. Like Kids had some fucked up problems back in my schools. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. <clears throat> see, I, I I think back, and I don't see any of that really happening in any school that I attended. But God knows I could be wrong. What are you thinking about, though? I'm just saying, like, rural Idaho, there were some, like, some of the kids, just you knew they had shitty. We had a lot of like, I, I don't even know how to explain it because I've listened to Cody's high school experience and like middle school and whatever experience. And it's so different than mine because in the city, it seems like there was so much just more shit, like gang shit, not a thing in Idaho. They right. didn't, they didn't have like dress codes, like certain colors you couldn't wear. That wasn't a thing. Um, and that was at one of the schools I went to. Yeah. And it seems like it even more in Cody's generation, which I think is just probably five years difference in like high school five yeah about five six years difference and he said it was big time gang stuff he had to wear he wore blue on blue one day like blue pants blue shirt and he got sent to detention and then he was good with the detention teacher so he walked in there and the detention teacher's just like cody what are you in here for he's like i wore blue on blue he's like go home i'll write down that you were here (laughs) For me, it was like I avoided all of the bullshit. I I viewed high school as a social experiment. Like I just saw around. I'm like, this is bullshit. I don't want to get like these pep rallies. This is bullshit. So I would like get get in good with the teachers and they just let me go off campus. Like when I was in high school, I was kind of like, I I don't even know. Like I, I didn't belong to a specific group. I had like friends that were punk rockers. I had a few that were like preppy kids, a couple of jock friends. Had some popular friends, but like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was at too. And, uh, the biggest thing I remember about pep rallies though, is like kids would bring condoms and blow them up and then pass them around like beach balls at my school. See, and that's interesting to me because that type of shit never, ever happens. Really? In my high school. No. Dude, it's fucking funny. Like, you're sitting there and, like, the principal's trying to give this speech about school spirit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's just, like, a fucking yellow condom being passed around like a beach ball. Yeah. (laughs) Ours were serious, dude. Like, they were... A lot of people respected the freaking authority because in Idaho, they could rough you up. No one's going to say anything. Yeah. Um, The shop teacher had a gun pointed to him and he talked the kid down. And uh, he was a tough motherfucker. He slammed kids against walls. He's like, I remember seeing him grabbing some kid by a collar and slamming him against a wall. Because in Idaho, the parents actually agreed with that kind of shit. Right. Like, they didn't mind if the teachers roughhoused their kids a little bit. Because, like, they, they, you know, they try at home or whatever. Um, it was just a different vibe, I guess. It was a different vibe. It was a lot more of a hazing culture in Idaho yeah. from the teachers, especially. Yeah. I, see. I had math teachers come up and like grab my, like, 
uh, trapezius traps and like peck minor and just dig into the peck minor and be like, oh, Mr. Why? Brown. Because like if you're like talking during a test or something and you come up and do like a deep massage and be like, what are you guys doing over here? But that wasn't considered weird like it is now. That was considered like. I had a teacher do something similar to to that uh, to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was like honestly my favorite teacher um, I had throughout junior high and high school. I I was in junior high and he was my homeroom teacher. And then uh, he transferred to the high school and became like a um, the photography teacher. Okay. And I took photography in high school. But, uh, like, he, he would do shit like that to me all the time because I knew him from, like, three, four years prior. And uh, he had, like, rules like no drinking stuff in his class or okay. whatever. Like, you know, the standard high school bullshit. And I walked in and I was drinking a cup of wassail, which is, like, this <clears throat> um, citrus cider sort of drink. Okay. Uh, and he was like, Weaver, what are you drinking? And I just pounded the rest of the cup. I was like, nothing now. <laughs> it, fu- it fucking pissed him off so bad, dude. Yeah. Like, so bad. <laughs> oh, man. Later, that, later on in life, that same teacher came to uh, this little shindig my mom was throwing because uh, I was getting ready to deploy to Afghanistan. And like he came and was like, keep your head down. You know, stay alert. Yeah. He's a Vietnam veteran. <laughs> Damn. But, uh, yeah. I had a Vietnam vet. Is, uh, he was in the Navy. He lost his toe. A freaking transport, uh, like a transport truck run on, ran over his toe. He was crazy, though. He was fucking crazy. He was, like, part Japanese. Yeah. And he just had this, like, well, I guess we're going to do that. Like, he just had this. Too much energy. So, I remember Mr. Gunderson. <clears throat> I don't even know if he's still alive today. Uh, he's a great guy, but somebody asked him about his time in Vietnam. They're like, hey, do you have any stories from when you were in Vietnam? And he was like, yeah. He's like, there was one day we were out on ambush, which is like patrol back in the day. Mm-hmm. He's like, we all dug our foxholes and we were out in the out in the jungle at night. And it was my turn to sleep, and I went to sleep. And then I woke up, and the guy that was supposed to be on watch next to me had his throat slit. So I went over to the next foxhole, and his throat was their throats were slit. And everyone was dead. Jesus. And and he and he was like talking about it. He's like, and then I uh, so I so I tried to set up a perimeter and defend myself until morning, till when I could get out of there, and. Uh, He's like, then I got rushed, and I died. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just laughed and went about the rest of his business. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And if somebody's saying stuff like that, like, I mean, that story's obviously completely made up, but he probably saw some shit. (laughs) Yeah. He's saying stuff like that. Um. Yeah, so you know if someone's uh, saying something like that, they've probably seen something, but he was just like, clearly he didn't want to talk about it and wanted to say something that would just get the kids off of his back. And so yeah. he just like says this story about 
how he was attacked and killed in the middle of the fucking jungle along with his entire squad or whatever. I had a teacher who was drafted to the Navy, and he uh, he didn't give a fuck. He did not care at all. He was like, if people were texting in class, he would uh, he would call him out. He'd be like, Braxton, are you sexting John? And John would like be sitting behind him. He's like, you showing him your little pee-pee? <laughs> like in front of the whole class. He didn't care at all. And now I realize, like, that's messed up. Like, nowadays, if that happened, dude, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that I look back on. Um, and I'm glad to kind of growing up when I did. I yeah. fall into this weird, like, group between x-gen and millennial or yeah like right i i i don't know but x-gen remembers the time before the internet yeah and and i i remember not having the internet i remember it existing right but no like not everyone had access to it i didn't have a pc in my house until i was 17 okay you know i didn't have internet in my house until i was 18 yeah yeah so i remember my parents bought a computer it was probably 2001 is when they like started getting into it they bought a 1300 hundred dollar computer from dell and it, it didn't even come like near it, my, our phones are probably stronger yeah and yeah it was like a big deal and the dial up and all of that shit yeah and the phone you couldn't be on the phone like, i gotta make a call Oh, yeah, there was a, one time my brother and I got into a big fucking fight, dude. Um, I needed to use... Uh, I, I needed to use the computer. Yeah. And he was, like, on MySpace. And uh, that should date this story. And he was, like, fucking around on MySpace. He'd been on there for, like, two fucking hours. Yeah. And... uh I I was like, I, I asked him multiple times to get off, and after about forty five minutes of asking him to get off because I needed to do homework, like I, and he was like, no, nah, and like, and so I just unplugged it. Yeah. Okay. I just like reached over and I plugged the unplugged the phone from the wall, and that was enough to set the inter- shut the internet down, <laughs> like. And if like he got pissed, he broke the keyboard across oh, my Jesus. face. Um. It turned into a big fight. We broke the kitchen table. I broke a cabinet with him. He he broke the kitchen table with me. I broke a cabinet with him. Uh, there's that refrigerator's probably since been replaced, but uh, wherever it's sitting at, there's a dent in that in the door of it from his head. Oh Jesus! Because I slammed his head into the door. Oh my God! Yeah, it turned into like this huge ordeal because, like, I couldn't. Like, I, but this was back when, like, tablets and didn't exist. Laptops were $2,000 a piece. Yeah. Like. And they were thick. They were thick as shit. Like, so, so I couldn't just go into a different room and get on a laptop and do my homework. It was like, we had the one fucking computer and. Yeah. That was it, you know? Yeah. You had to call somebody and ask for them. Yeah. Is so-and-so there? Yeah. And you hoped, like, one of their family members wouldn't answer the phone? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Those are good. To, those were better times, I feel like, sometimes. I think a lot of people look back on their youth and think that. I think so, but I think socially I had better relationships with my friends back then than I do now because of that. Because you have instant access to everyone all of the time. Right. So you don't feel this need to go see them ever, if that makes sense. Yeah, and well, like, um, back back then I had memorized phone numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my my best friend's phone number from back then I can still remember. Me too. 801-270-6454. 208-745-9005. Yeah. Yeah. You so, just kind of remember them. Yeah. You had to call them so much. And then they wouldn't answer, so you'd be like, I'm going to call them a bunch. Some of them didn't have uh, answering machines. Yeah, because that was a thing you had to pay extra for. Yeah. Yep. And it came with a fucking tape. See, I, that's a little bit after me that's really? a, that's a little bit or before my time i guess i don't know if yeah, we had... I had a little tape in there and you had to like replace the tape or erase the erase it so it could record new stuff and sometimes you'd get like it'd be playing one message and then it'd bleed into the one that was there before it <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man good times i do remember just people acted different back then though like in the 90s people like you could, it was so fucking different. Like, just what was acceptable was different. Like, the way you could talk to people, like, what you could get away with. Um, like, totally different than what it is today. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily, like, better or worse. I do think that the being connected all the time culture is toxic in some oh, sense. Oh, it is. And it... Um can be useful but toxic but uh one thing that's a big problem is uh like and it's a term that i don't like to use but it it's it's here and like whatever you know uh cyber bullying right Uh uh-huh like if you had a bully at school back in 95 you didn't have to deal with them at home right yeah in today's day and age like there's like Facebook and Instagram and shit. Like now you have to deal with them twenty four seven, and right. that's a huge fucking problem, you know. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's weird too because, yeah, you have to deal with that, but at the same time, no one's confrontational in real life. Very few people. Yeah. Like the whole idea of, there was a term before even alpha male back in the sixties seventies for businessmen because they were like. They were confident. They just tore through shit and they didn't care. And then slowly over time, people got too afraid to confront people in fear of like legal repercussions or like getting like people just became afraid to talk to each other at some right. point. Right. Um, how many people like it, 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 when I used to go to like clubs and whatnot, it's surprising how many people are like looking at their phone. And it's not that it's not that they have something so important to do. It's they're too afraid to stand there by themselves because they're too afraid of what people might think that they're standing there by themselves. Yeah, I, I, I've never really been a club person, um, but the clubs I went to when I was in the Navy when I was younger, um, yeah. with my friends, I didn't drink back then, so I was always the DD. Mm-hmm. Um, no one was on their phone. 
Right. Hardly anybody. They were all conversing or like meeting or dancing or something. Yeah. Now it's all about social media. Like I got to go to this club to put it on social media to, uh, there's a girl in my nursing class. That's like a quote unquote semi Instagram influencer. Oh, is she like 10,000 followers or something? Yeah. Okay. And it's like, she she's mentioned that like at the beginning of nursing school, uh, 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 uh. like when we were like introducing ourselves to each other, because it's like these are the people you're gonna spend the next year and a half of your life with. What does um, what does that mean though? Does that mean she posts pictures of her asshole online? No, she then... um does like fashion stuff. Gotcha. Okay. But like she said that and. I, I didn't know I did this, but, like, apparently I pissed her off. Her and I are cool now. But, yeah. But, like, I made, like, the whoop-dee-doo signal with my fucking finger, like, when she mentioned that when we were going around, like, talking to everybody in class. <laughs> I was like, she's like, I'm a, like, I have 10,000 followers on Instagram. I run a fashion blog. I was like, whoop-dee-doo, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> the firefighters in the back thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. But, <laughs> that's great man it's so weird that that's a professional and i in some sense i get that social yeah, media huge thing now. social media to me is if i'm doing something badass i'm doing that right i'm living in the moment but now my life revolves around if i can capture something real quick to put up on it uh, on social media to say i'm going to talk about it on the podcast that's all i need to do because the podcast for me now is I can talk about the whole week right, and right. I don't need to document it on a, on a smartphone all the time, which is what it used to be. Everyone's so obsessed with like, I got to capture this moment or no one will believe that I did it. Right. Um, whereas like, now it's like, like me with the, the lantern festival with Liz. Yeah. Quick picture done. Yeah. I, her and I took some pictures, um, and, and a short video of like all the lanterns in the sky. And I haven't shared that. Right. On any platform. Yeah, because you don't need any self-validation. But the fucking teenagers next to me. Yeah. Sitting there taking 400 fucking pictures. Right. God, that was so vindicating when their fucking lanterns caught on fire and they didn't get to launch their lanterns into the sky. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, dude. isn't that so weird now, though, that that's how dating is now. So dating now is capturing as much on social media as you can to convince somebody that your life is interesting enough for them to care. If you approach a woman and ask them out now, you're a freak. You're a creep. You're an absolute freak. Well, I guess if Liz ever leaves me, then I'll just die alone. Isn't that weird though? Cause when I moved to Utah, I remember being at Vasa and I hadn't had much dating experience. And I, I looked over at this chick and I saw her every once in a while. I was like, I'm going to go ask her out. What's the worst thing that could happen? And I asked her out and she said, I don't even know you. Right? Wow. Yeah. It's like, well, here's your chance. It's exactly. It's not how it used to be at all. Because um, now you have to build rapport before they even meet you. Which is strange. I, I don't know. Do you know how Liz and I met? Have I ever told you that? At a bar. No. At a, uh, oh shit. It was at a party. Yeah, a liquor and lingerie party. Okay. And Simon just kind of drugged me along. I didn't really want to be there. Uh huh. So I found like somebody else that was like sitting by themselves that like 
looked like they were enjoying themselves, but they were just kind of like on their own. And I was just like, fuck it, dude. Like, I'll just sit here and talk to this person because I'm not having any of this. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, if you really think about it, you find the people, the people that you click with are going to be doing the things that you like to do. And if they're at a place they don't want to be, you're going to gravitate towards them because you're like feeling the same thing. Like, yeah, you don't really I don't want to be, be there. here. It's not me. Like you guys very well could have like met at a library or a coffee shop, like something else too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's true. That, which is crazy to me. Cause like, okay, you're way into fitness and stuff. And it's like, if you meet some, some girl at the gym, I would not be surprised because that's what you're into. And if they're at the gym, they're into it too. Right. And let, unless they're just like, I worked with a, I used to be way into the gym, but I worked with a nurse, like she super fitness, like yeah. all the time, 110%. Um, Measures out all of her macros and micros and everything. All of it, yeah. Uh, and she met her current boyfriend at the gym. And it's like, well, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Oof, let's take an adventure. What is this? Strawberry sky, huh? <laughs> okay. It's a fruit forward Kolsch. Style L. It doesn't smell bad. With a deli- delicate finish. It's not bad. It's not. Str- it's not a strong. Uh, it's very, very light. It's not bad. You know what it is? Is it's dangerous? Is what it is. Yeah, it kind of tastes like a seltzer water with a little bit of flavor in it. With a little bit of strawberry. Yeah, that's not bad. So she, they met at the gym. Yeah, and it's because they were they're both into that. Now they've been dating for several years. Yeah. Um, live together, go on vacations together all the time. Their families are pretty much integrated. They're not married. Yeah. But, hmm. Uh, and. It, like you said, it's because they had like that one thing in common. Yeah. And it's like, I'm here all the time. I see you here all the time. You know, that's right. at least one thing in common that we have. I wonder what else we have in common. For sure. I, I push away a lot of that because I know there have been instances where I could have gotten dates or numbers at the gym or whatever. But when I go to the gym, I'm so in my like focus of being like, I want to get in and out. This is what I need to do and focusing on what I need to do. Like I don't converse at the gym. I always thought the people that are like sitting at the machines with their ear AirPods in and like having a conversation, get the fuck out of the gym. Like, what are you doing? The gym's there. Like you work out, hit it hard and get out. And I know the person that I want to date or marry one day is going to be the same mentality of focus. So that's where it's harder for me to meet people is because it's that focus zone. I'm I'm very focused on what I'm like doing at the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um I would just say open yourself up a little bit. Like I need to. I'm you, really you, close. Like you can be focused and driven like that, but if you add 20 extra minutes to your workout at the gym because you take some time to talk to somebody, yeah. You never know. It's right? true. It's true, but it's not when I go to the gym, it's not even in my realm of thinking like, "Oh, I could meet someone here." It's like going to the gym to train to get bigger 
Um, and that's fine, but yeah. you're talking about living in the moment and being in the moment. That's part of being in the moment is like slowing down and talking to people, taking For time sure. to smell the flowers. Right? For sure. I have a hard time with that. That's something I do need to learn how to do. And I need to start meditating and doing yoga again because that helped me a lot. Um like calm down and be like, oh, I don't need to be like gung ho all the time at what I'm doing, because yeah, I'll go to, I'll, I mean, I'll go to parties and just be sitting there like, this is fucking dumb. Like I'll play games in my head of just like watching people or thinking like, I don't want to be here. I could be doing something like I could be. I'm not even kidding. I would go to clubs and being wishing I was home reading books to like better my life, like self self help books and shit. So I like had a huge problem with just learning to relax at all. Right, right. And something has to be working towards something. Like Yeah, just, and and there's a lot to be said for just stepping back. Like it's it, it again, it's part of being in the moment. Like you know, I'm not doing anything right now, but that's okay. Sort of a deal. Yeah, that am I thinking too much of the future probably is what I'm thinking. Yeah, and that's that's pretty typical of uh, especially Americans. Yeah, they're like very future oriented, and like, okay, well, if I don't bust my ass now, like I won't be here in the future. And it's like, yeah, well, that's true. But you won't have enjoyed the the experience of you, getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like right now, I'm to a point with school where I'm just like, I'm I'm kind of where Ben probably was. But I'm not going to do what Ben did. Yeah. And like throw my hands in the air and say, fuck it, dude. I'm done with this. This is bullshit. Yeah. Um, because if I do that, I start back at square one. Mm-hmm. And like all of that fight that I've made to get to where I am today will yeah. have been for nothing. Right. And two years from now, I'd be looking and being like, I should have followed through with that. I'm going to go back and do that. Yeah. You know, and it is so in that sense, it's a waste of time. But the fact that I took today off, basically yeah. watched mid midway and played some battlefield with you and right, you know, just kind of like chilled because mm-hmm. even yesterday, like before Kyle got here, I did I did a little bit of homework. I worked on a thesis for my persuasion letter. Yeah. Like. And then I was and then I was able to as much as one can with Deborah, enjoy myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Accurate. But, yeah. But, you know, like today it's like, okay, this is Dallas Day. And then mm-hmm. tomorrow I'm going to basically work on housework, get some fucking chore, get some chores done, get some studying done, go pick my wife up from the airport, get some more studying done, and just start cranking it out again. But... Yeah. If I was like 100% driven 100% of the time, yeah. my grades would be phenomenal, but I would feel like an empty shell of a person. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Does that make sense? That makes sense. I wouldn't consider myself empty shell of a person. I wouldn't but say that either. At the same time, though, I do work myself into a... Whole, and I don't consider myself working hard at anything, but from people that I talk to, they say that... I need to relax. <laughs> mm. um, 
and I don't feel that way at all. I'm just like, I was having a conversation with this lady who's at my chiropractic office. She's in her 40s. She's going after her generals. Okay. Um, and I think that's awesome. Like I was, I was saying. It's never that, too late. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome that you can balance your life going to school and uh, like dealing with your kids and, and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. At it's the never same too time. early, but it's also never too late to try to better yourself. And she's like, I'm just so overwhelmed with school. And I, and I was like, hey, you're almost done like finals. And then you have more credits knocked out. And she's like, you have a really good perspective on it. But to me, that's just normal. Like I, that's how I view things. I view it as like, this is just a stepping stone to get <clears throat> right. to where I need to be. Right. And that's where I'm at. Like, yeah, a, a lot of my classmates, they do stress and fuss over this and that. The only thing I'm fussing over right now is my exam average for pharmacology, because that is on the fucking line and lack of free time. Right. Like yeah. you want to be able to do other things like climb, play games, like actually chill. Yeah, but like the immediate threat to my overall prosperity long term. Yeah, is this exam average? If I don't, if if I'm not able to pull that up to where it needs to be. Yeah. Then I have to repeat this semester, and instead okay. of being done in April, I'm done in July. Okay. Does that make sense? For sure. Um. So. Uh. Yeah, I need to sequester myself every now and again, but um, at the same time, though, like, when my wife's home, I mean, you've seen it, like, since you live with us now, like, when she's home, my time goes to her. Yeah. I pretty much stop what I'm doing. For sure. It's 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 a balance. Yeah, Yeah. and it's all her. You... I'll play some games with you here and then, but if I really need to, I'll just tell you to fuck off. Right, and I'm and, pretty self-sufficient. I mean, I'm not one that needs, like, attention all the time. And you're not putting out. Yeah, so. it's true. Uh, I'm uh, not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my wife doesn't that much either, but it increases my chances if I spend time with her. That's not the only reason, though. Like, I, I genuinely do care about her and miss her. Like, right now, she's been in Colorado for three days. And as bad as this, and as dumb as this is going to sound, not bad, but as dumb as this is going to sound, especially for what you guys hear from me, she's, like, I genuinely miss her. She's, like, the only person in in this world that, like, if she were gone from my life forever, I would never be able to replace that void. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and that just sucks. And so, like, even just four days, it's like, I know she's coming back, but it still sucks. Yeah. You know? I get you. Um, I haven't really had that experience yet, I guess. And that I think that's part of, like, when you know you have the right person in your life. Yeah. You know, like, especially when it comes to a spouse, I think, especially in Utah culture, there's a lot of people that like rush in Yeah, and they're like, oh, we'll build love along the way. Yeah. yeah, You know, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they get married out of lust basically because of the culture. Yeah. Like they meet somebody, they're in that like six month frenzied, like endorphin driven like i want to have sex with you but my church and my culture says that i can't do it and yeah and uh first of all Liz and i didn't have that we had sex but um 
but they're like just they're just caught up in that endorphin driven like just passionate lust yeah after a person and they're not they don't take the time to actually build a relationship so like that's where you get all these relationships especially in utah where they're dating for two months yeah and now they're engaged and they're getting married seven months from now and it's like that first year realistically is a fucking honeymoon period yeah like like there there's no conflict there's no like struggle there's like everything's great you're excited you like like you can't wait to see the person every day i mean there's sometimes like when liz talks to me now as much as i'd miss her right now there's like times where i've been kind of doing my own thing and she'll like interrupt me and it's like fuck come mm-hmm. on just like let me have this one yeah hour to myself sure uh and you don't reach that point until you're about a year into a relationship yeah and a lot of people in utah go from like oh we met three months tired of dry humping each other it's time to get something going yeah you know and for sure yeah and it's just like and then you have these people and also because they're driven by their their religious beliefs yeah and the guilt of it they they stay in these miserable relationships for 15 plus years because they're trying to build something that isn't there right and they wind up having kids and both of the parents love the kids but they fucking hate each other Uh, yeah it's just a mess fucking mess dude and that's why i'm i'm glad i took like i took two years before i proposed to liz and the other year of engagement until we got married. Um, I mean that that's a big deal. Yeah. Cause then you actually start going through ups and downs and you find out like what the metal of your relationship really is for sure. And that's so important to me. Yeah. It, sh- it should be important to everyone. I think so. I think so too. I remember thinking like whoever I end up being with, <coughs> has to be the complete opposite of me but also push me to like keep me accountable that's what i need more than anything i don't want somebody the same as me i want somebody different than me that improves the weak parts of me yeah and vice versa right right and and you've seen how i mean you've lived with liz and i long enough that you see how we interact and you've seen us not get into a full-blown argument but into small arguments yeah like we're not yelling and screaming at each other. Right. Right? Mm-mm. No? No. It's like... That comes at like the 40-year mark, I think. No, it doesn't. It Dude. C- it comes a lot sooner than that. Yeah? Yes, because that's how her and I used to be. Oh, like and, screaming at each other? Yeah. It's, okay. It's... it's um, it, it really is about learning how to take a step back from your emotions in that moment hear what the other person's saying yeah process it understand what they're really saying Mm -hmm. and then saying what you have to say and like it um it's something that liz and i have had to work on and we're still working on but for the last five years we haven't yelled at each other yeah at all and i don't think we ever will like all no matter how 
hurt I get in an argument or how hurt she gets. Yeah. She might start crying or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not really a crier. But we keep the tone down, and, like, it's a very kind of level-headed and logic-driven back and forth. Um, there are some emotions involved, but it, I don't know how to describe it. It's it, and Tensions I don't want are to, higher, voices are low. Yes, and and you're respecting the other person and where they're coming from. Right. Like, the other night, uh, I don't know if you know this, but... The other night when you made those two boxes of mac and cheese, uh-huh. Liz was talking to me, and I wasn't aware of it. But I just, like, mid-sentence, I apparently started talking to you instead of her. Uh-huh. And it, like, pissed her off. Like, really bad. Okay. And um, I went downstairs and we talked about it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, I can see how that's hurtful. I'm sorry I did that. Truth be told... And this isn't a great excuse. I was not aware that I had done that. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where it's coming from. And that's where you need to kind of be. Right. It's like, you, you can't be like this current generation and just immediately take offense if someone, if you feel like someone's attacking you. Right. I never understood that, but cutting someone off, like just ghosting someone without having the communication of it. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. It's yeah. weak is what it is. Like, and about a year ago, um, Liz was in a very hard place mentally. And I I don't know if any of you who are listening have truly dealt with uh, a person in your life that you care about more than yourself that has mental illness. And it's just starting to weigh down on you. Yeah. To the point where it's like breaking you. Yeah. Um. If you have, I'm sorry that you've put up with that. If you haven't, um, or, yeah, and if you haven't, then that's great. I hope you never have to deal with that. But mental illness, like you, those depression commercials, how we were talking about on the way home. Yep. Uh, like, where does depression hurt? Everywhere. Who does it hurt? Everyone. It, it's fucking true. Yeah. 100% true. And, like, I stood by Liz, and she went into, like, this major depressive episode. Um, and she had to go on antipsychotics to get out of it. And she'd probably be pissed about me talking about this. But I'm talking about it from my perspective. Um, I, w- I was being supportive. And, like, I was trying to, like, carry a brunt of the emotional and, like, physical stress of, like, just everything around here. And it started to weigh on me. And it's like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I sat down and I had a talk with her. Um, and that kind of turned into an argument. She's like, you just don't know where I'm coming from. I, it's like, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. Why do you think Brady comes over here randomly? It's because I want to fucking kill myself. Yeah. You know, like, but... Uh, When you're on the other side of that and you're the person trying to support, yep. it also chips away at you slowly. And sorry if I'm, like, dominating the conversation. No, not at all. It. But uh, it, it does. It chips at you. It chips away at you very, very slowly. And you, like, kind of hit a point and you're like, 
for my own sake, I need to get this out of my life. Yeah. Because I can't, like, I can't do this anymore. I'm starting to turn into this because... The exposure, yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to support this person for so long that I can't carry them anymore. Yeah. And now I can't even carry myself. For sure. I and, to, yeah, I get where you're coming and, from. And yeah. so, like, Liz and I had a conversation about that. And I was like, Liz, I, I don't want this to come from... I'm trying to make this not come from a bad place. I, I, I just want you to know where I'm at. And I know you have zero control over this. But if this doesn't change soon, I cannot be with you anymore. Yeah. And that happened last year. Almost a year ago, exactly. Yeah. And uh, she went and sought help. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we went to the, she made an appointment with her psychiatrist. We looked up a psychologist and um, she's been, she's still seeing the psychologist. It's really expensive because our insurance doesn't cover it, but it's fucking worth it. And uh, the psychiatrist, I went to that appointment with her and... He was like, okay, like, what's going on? And my wife told told him, but her her perspective is her perspective. Yeah. So I, like, I threw in my two cents, and he put her on an antipsychotic, and it changed everything. Like, yes, it uh, it still wasn't great. It's still not the best. Sure. But... Um, that antipsychotic basically turned her into a, a zombie for uh-huh. a couple months. Like, it's a mood stabilizer for bipolar people, but she doesn't have bipolar disorder, so it just made her completely flat. Okay. For it just m- reined in the the emotional spectrum. Right. No, no highs, no lows. Yeah, it, she was just flat for months, and I was like, "This is easier to work with than what was going on before." Yeah. And I told you I'd be here for you thick thick and thin. I said yeah. it in front of like 150 people. Mm-hmm. But this is manageable. We can work from this position to get you better. Yeah. And and now she's getting better. For sure. So I think they're a good tool. I think a lot of people have misconceptions about... Because um, that's how my doctor explained to me uh, antidepressants is it just rains in the emotions. Right. And for me, it was that way. It, I needed the medicine to rein those emotions in to find out what I liked so that I could do those things instead of being depressed or anxious or whatever. Yeah, so you can work on yourself. Yeah, and then I spent time doing that. I was on antidepressants for fucking years, and it's just recently that I've been off now for a substantial time where I don't I don't get the anxiety or the depression or whatever, but it, I needed that time. On that. And I probably should have had more visits with a therapist. I went a few times, but my self-awareness was too much for that social worker, I think, to... She even said at the end of my session, she's like, I'm surprised how self-aware you are. And um, I should probably find another one, to be honest, because we all have things to work on. I just am kind of too stubborn Dude, for I, it. I am a huge proponent that everyone... In America, it should be covered by their insurance, free of charge, should get one mental health visit every three months. Yeah. Yeah. Every quarter. I think every month is not too much to ask. No, it's not. Because when I was going through my PTSD, 
PTSD stuff and, and working. The doctor I was working with, Cicely Terravella, um, she's a magnificent person. Mm -hmm. M magnificent. She helped me work on a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, I got to a point where, <clears throat> uh, like, about, again, about a year ago, because of all the stress from my wife not being able to, uh, the waveform looks weird, but whatever. That did kind of look weird. Uh, where my wife, like, I was, like, doing a, a, a huge thing of, like, trying to support her emotionally, and then my mom was being kind of fucking retarded, and... yeah. I was stressed out to the max in about a year ago. I mean, we talked about this on the podcast back in, like, fucking... Would have been late 2018 or something. Yeah. Yeah, we would have... This is going up on, like, 10 months, I think. Yeah. We talked about it a while ago, but I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I'm just going to drive out into the West Desert, take a bunch of aspirin, and shoot myself in the head and bleed out. Yeah, because even if I survive the gunshot wound, I'll bleed out because of the aspirin. And um, she, the the doctor at the VA that I'm talking about, she's specifically a PTSD therapist. Okay, I shouldn't have gone back to her. Yeah, but I called her directly, and I was like, I need help. And she brought me back in without hesitation. Like I had an appointment within a week. Yeah. And so, and she helped me work through it, you know, and everyone needs that from time to time, I think. Everyone just needs an outlet to be able to talk to, because keeping it, like, held inside, like, if you would have asked me five years ago to, like, talking about all my problems into a mic, I would have been like, huh? Fuck like, you. Yeah, like, I, I don't uh, think what so. What problems? <laughs> yeah, exactly, because that's how I handle depression. I don't realize when I'm depressed. I don't. I uh, I I think you're similar to a lot of people in that respect. Yeah, it creeps up on you. Yeah, it like it's it's slowly like, oh man, my I I'm just really fucking tired today. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like the next day, like God, I I thought I slept good enough last night, but I'm still fucking exhausted. Right. And it just slowly progresses and snowballs from there, and then all of a sudden, like, you know. A couple weeks or a couple months down the road, you're like, fuck you, fuck everything, you know, like. Right. Yeah. So I, I can see where you're coming from with that. Like, you don't realize it until it's. For I don't even know that I, I haven't gotten to that point. I mean, I've had, when I got put on the first antidepressant, which was uh, Zoloft, and then they switched me to Paxil, they started me out at like 100 milligrams of, of Cetraline. Right off the bat, there was no taper up. So, like, my mind went into this, whoa. And then I switched to Paxil, and I started having hallucinations. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's where I was, like, having, like, LSD almost trips. Like, looking at plants and being like, oh, this is fucking weird. Like, it was strange. So, I think a lot of it was malpractice from doctors who prescribed me drugs in the first place in Idaho who didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Oh, yeah, no, like, uh, were you getting prescribed through a general physician or... Family doctor. Yeah, okay, that's 
that's the difference. You need to go to, when it comes to meds like that, you need to go to a psychiatrist. That's why I liked my, uh, my, uh, internal medicine doctor I went to for a while is cause he's actually weaned me off of antidepressants. He was like, I want, I want to cut you down half your dosage. And then he, pres- he told me to go get this stuff called GABA and take right. that every day. Right. So I started taking that and then eventually weaned off the, the Wellbutrin as well. And, uh, he was so much more knowledgeable and he did his research. You could tell he's one of the guys that went home and researched what he was talking about. Right. Right. He wouldn't just throw out shit like, Oh, I learned this in med school. This is what it says in the book. Go for it. Right. So my question to you about, well, Butrin is, uh, did you experience any side effects from that? 150 milligrams, my sexual prowess was at zero. Didn't care at all. Okay. Didn't care about going out. Didn't care about meeting people. That's I was, pretty common. I was so in that neutral zone that the highs and low, the highs weren't there and the lows weren't there. Like I would never get depressed about anything. I was just kind of like. But you I'm, never got excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. And now that I'm off it altogether, it's actually pretty much the same. And I think it's learning to, and the only way to learn is, is. I think through meditation at this point, I think sitting down with silence, no screen to look at, like no books, no, no audio books playing, like just silence and just letting mind wander. I think that's where it's going to come from now because there's not a whole lot. I mean, I can get pretty fucking drunk and I still won't be emotional. Right. I guess I'm, I'm not going to be crying. I'm not going to be like, I don't know. Even like comedy movies or stuff, there's nothing that like makes me like just laugh. Right. If that makes sense. So. Right. Um, so for me, uh, I was on Wellbutrin a few years ago, mm-hmm. but it was like part of a smoking cessation smoking. thing yeah. that uh, overall it didn't really work. The Wellbutrin works to like curb the cravings, but. My biggest side effect was that with that was dry mouth. Okay. I got cotton mouth like a motherfucker, dude. I was able to take my finger and sweep the inside of my cheek. Yeah. And pull like white dead skin cells out. Was it a high dosage? <clears throat> I don't remember. They go up to 300 and then after that it's seizure inducing. Do you know what that's called? I don't. Serotonin syndrome. Really? Yes. So, uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I just remember like being a, like every morning and random times throughout the day, I just felt like I was sucking on Sahara wind Okay. through my, like straight through my mouth and it was so dry and I couldn't drink enough water to make it better. Okay. And I was like, fuck this dude. I, yeah, I think a lot of my depression came from freaking, uh. I ate like shit all of the time and didn't drink any water ever. I still don't drink much water now. I need to fix that. That's something I need to work on as well. Because uh, like I'll get into these things where I won't go to the gym for weeks at a time. And then I'll go to the gym and I'll be like, that's what kickstarted like quitting cigarettes a couple of days ago is I went to the gym and I was like, oh, this is much better than getting drunk or smoking. And then, but you can't, I can't hold on to that feeling. It's like the next day. It's not there. You slope into the thing again, and you're like, oh, 
we'll get a pizza today. I'll do this. I'll do this. And then you get back into it. Yeah. When I was, uh, working out a lot, I remember, I know exactly what you're talking about. I used to go running all the time because one, the military required it of me. And two, I didn't want to suck at it when the military required it of me. Yeah. So I'd run, I, I'd go on runs in my own time. Right. And, uh, I'd get like a, the, I'd get that quote unquote runner's high. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's like, if I could feel like this all the time, that'd be great. But within like four hours of ending my run. It's called the oxidative energy source. <laughs> it's your body transitioning to using air as its primary source of energy. That's what the runner's high is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kicks in anything like six, seven minutes of breathing in oxygen. Your body switches over from using glycogen to using the air for energy. It's pretty interesting. Uh, see, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, That's more in the, I think, fitness realm. Fitness, like um, scientific personal training, because you do learn a lot of that, like ATPPC, which is... Um, it's like phosphorate creatine or something like that. Right. Uh, your body uses that. If you do something quick reactive, like 10, 20 seconds, anything over that, you're going to be type, uh, tapping into glycogen, which is just broken down carbohydrates right. stored, right. um, stored glucose. Uh, and you use that for anything like up to a couple minutes and then anything prolonged, that you're breathing heavily, your body starts using the oxygen as, as primary air source hmm. or energy source rather. But anyways, yeah, you went on runs. No, I, I, yeah, I just, uh, I, I used to run every day. Um, and back when I was working in, uh, Naval Medical Center, San Diego, I'd come home from work and just be like pissed off. Yeah. Cause I, I mean like, I, I love medicine. I I love it. Um, but there's an aspect to it, this like customer service aspect that I just fucking hate. Yeah. And I'm going to say that right now. And I hope no uh, future employers find out about this until I get hired. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the customer service aspect part of it, I just fucking like, I, I can't stand it. You're like a glorified waiter at some point, and and it's like, well, why do I know all this stuff about medications and all this stuff about physiology and anatomy and and whatnot? If I all I'm doing is running around getting fucking snacks for these people that like are sick because of this or that reason, but usually because of chronic illnesses because they didn't take care of themselves earlier yeah. on in life, and now. Now you have to ask them what can you do, what can you do to make them happier rather than trust me into doing my job so that you can be happier overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like oh, dude, I need more ice water. Great, um, I've got to give this guy time sensitive medications in this room, but I want my ice water right now. Well, yeah, but this guy over here has an antibiotic that seriously needs to be given with in every eight hours mm -hmm. it's seven and a half hours from the previous dose and i have to give it yeah but i want my ice water you know like that kind of shit like just pissed me off 
Yeah. Beyond fucking belief. Like people go to the hospital and they're they treat it like they're at a five star hotel. And it's like and I, I brought this up one time on social media and my, my friend one of my friends was like well, it was my friend's girlfriend, uh, was like, Well, if they didn't charge like a five star hotel, maybe people wouldn't treat it like that. It's like you're getting charged for that because of the fucking amount of ed- education it takes to train the people to t- fucking take care of you. Yeah. You know, to be like, fair, the schools do that. I think the admins are responsible for that, but that's yeah. my, yeah, I, I have a whole thing about that. We've gone into that before, but anyway, like I'd come home and I'd be pissed off about that aspect. I love medicine. Yeah. I love physiology. I love pathophysiology. I love the interactions of like meds with diseases and, you know, like the disease with the body. I love that shit. Yeah. But if I go to work and I'm working for 12 hours trying to like help people get better and all they're doing is bothering me for fucking graham crackers every 30 minutes. Yeah. I come home pissed. Right. And so I used to, I used to go home even at the end of a 14 hour day. Yeah. And go running. Just to, like, burn that off. Right. And I I should probably still do the same thing, but the air quality here is fucking horrible. It's really bad. I get, like... it's not, I don't think it's necessarily asthma, but it's, it's, like, I do have trouble running at this altitude. But that's kind of an excuse on my part, too. Well, so... I, I thought about it because when I was in the military, like, I'd come home here... Primary, primarily to visit Liz. Yeah. Um, on my vacation days. Mm-hmm. And I would try to go running, and I'm like, oh, man, this altitude's kicking my ass. But then I'd, like, stop and, th- like, I stopped and thought about it later, and it's like, is it the altitude, or is it the fact that, like, when I look out over the fucking valley, there's a film of brown haze over everything? It's true. I have thought, like, my depression didn't get to the point of, like, where it was until I moved to Utah. And I don't think it was the environment. I think it, like, I don't think it was my social environment. I think it was in part the air quality. Oh, yeah. Um, if I go back to Idaho, I don't know if you experienced this in West, West Yellowstone, but when you come back, you almost feel, feel clear headed. It's like you feel refreshed. You feel like time has slowed down a little bit. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I, I'm driving up to class almost every day and I sit there and I like, as I'm approaching the city, it's like, you see it. Yeah. I mean, you see the fucking, you, there's just a layer right there. It's just a fucking layer of like this brown shit over the valley and, um, brown, brownish gray. It's a dumb move to put a city here. Dumb fucking move to put it in this inversion trap. Yeah. Back then they didn't know. They're like, well, this is nice. This is the place. My feet hurt real bad. This is the place. <laughs> yeah. But uh anyway. Yeah, and, and so I I started looking back on that and it was like I mean the altitude definitely played part of it, but um it, it's probably mostly the inversion. Yeah. Like I don't think I'll I'll I don't think I'll ever run outside again. I'll go on an indoor track. Yeah. Which is boring as fuck. Oh, yeah. But, like, as long as I live here, I'm not going to run outside. When I was living in San Diego, yeah, I ran outside all the time. I remember two winters ago where there, were li- was, there was, like, literally ash in the air. 
Yeah. And yep. I remember going outside and just hearing all the people coughing. You could just audibly hear <coughs> like that deep, like, yeah, I'm bronchitol yeah. sounding yep. coughing. Yep. I, uh, a couple of years ago, I was at the stoplight um, on State Street and 33rd South. And a car went through, like, the light turned green. The car in front of me went through. And I was still accelerating. And I lost vision of them. That It was that bad. Yeah. It was really bad. So, that was a bad time. I don't know what. Hopefully, it's not that bad this winter. I don't think last winter was nearly as bad. No, it wasn't. The winter before, for some reason, was awful. Yeah. And yeah. I remember going to Park City and coming back down. It's like you cut through a sheet. Yeah. Like, and you're yeah. in it again. It's like a goldfish going underwater. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're in hell. <laughs> like, literally, I felt like there was a Fallout 3 DLC where you, like, went into a coal mine. You, like, you had to, you had to like, you were sold into slavery in a coal mine. That's what I felt like I entered into. You go into, like, darkness, and it's like, it, it visually gets darker. The light. Yeah, the sun's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, Liz and I were, um, we went to Wait, Wait, uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me uh, recording uh-huh. a few weeks ago. And the the host is all like, oh, it's great to be up in this like nice clear mountain air. And like Liz and I just look at each other like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah. The air in L.A. is better. Is it? I don't yeah. know. I've never been to LA. It I don't is. Know. It is. There's still like a brown haze over the city, but there's like that wind coming off the ocean and the mountains are so far away that it like, it just like kind of pushes, pushes it. it away. Yeah. That's, that's why I want to get behind this giant fan initiative and just blow everything into Utah County. It is gross. This place is disgusting. Like as far as the air quality. Yeah. It sucks sometimes. There's times here in Salt Lake where it's worse than Beijing. Mm -hmm. I did know that. And Beijing has so many more cars and whatnot. And not just that, factories. Yeah. Like, just the manufacturing power of Beijing alone. Like, they produce so many um, greenhouse gases and other air pollutants that, like... You see, you pull up pictures, and there's, like, people walking around with, like, surgical masks on their face to try to filter the air a little bit. Yeah. And it's, like, at times, Salt Lake is worse than that. And it's funny. We, we also live here. I think a, I think a big True. part about that is is no one has enough money to move either at one time. Like, no one has the money to just get up and leave. Um because, I mean, that takes a lot of, that takes a lot. That takes, one, you have to have a ton of savings saved up. You have to have a job lined up. You have to have all this stuff lined right, up. Right, right. And uh, most people don't have that. Like, sadly, I would say probably 85% of people, if their family needed them to move home, couldn't do it. They couldn't do it because they have too many obligations and bills or... um like they don't have a job lined up like they're they're living that they're living they're literally paycheck to paycheck and yeah there's i mean when you go to purchase a house i'm lucky in the fact that i have the va thing yeah but 
most people like they need what like a uh, excuse me at least three and a half percent down yeah uh typically they want 20 percent if you want a good rate yeah yeah like like i was gonna say 15 percent. they want 15 percent down um plus you have to like look at your ability to su- survive in your new environment which in- includes like a having a job lined up and mortgage insurance. Some places you have to pay HOA, even if it's a mortgage house. Yeah. And, uh, like when it's all said and done, you're paying, you know, 27, $2,800 a month. Yeah. And your job pays you maybe five grand a month. And then you have to find out how to make your phone bill work and food, food, electricity, sewer, and you can make it work. But then how much money do you have left to save? Most people have nothing. Exactly. And so like moving out of here, looking at the same expenses on the other end, um, cause like Salt Lake and Utah in general is by far not the most expensive place to live. No, by far. Not yet. But even like moving from here, like my dad was talking about moving to Biloxi, Mississippi cause he could sell his house now get a house of relatively equivalent size in Biloxi, Mississippi and still have 200 grand left over after paying off the entirety of the house. Yeah. Um, so I like the idea, like Nome, Alaska that we were looking. Yeah. Um, even if I got a substantial pay cut, if it was cheaper to live there, I would probably do it. I would probably do that. Because, like, for me, it's not about the money. It's about the quality. And if you're living to paycheck to paycheck, no matter where you're at, you might as well put yourself in a position that you're going to enjoy your environment. Because, like, here is the air is fucked. It's fucked. But but you also brought up that in Alaska, a lot of places are dry. Yeah, that's true. So that is true. So you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have that. It's true. It's so interesting, too, like, because now people used to culminate towards cities, right? Like just because that's where you met to to culminate with people and and make share money basically, and now if you were in a stat like for example if this podcast was wildly successful and it drew in millions per year and you moved into a rural place, it uh it would change the lives of everyone in that town by you bringing money into that town like that. Yeah, like if you brought in thirty million dollars a year and you dispersed that through a small community of like opening new diners or like like opening a diner to like raise the wages and you paid people money and then they spread that throughout Nome, for example, because they can't spend it anywhere else. It's Yeah, it's a town you have to fly into or sell in. They could give it to Amazon, I guess. Like that's a that's a viable option, but Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean money is a big deal. I'll take another one of those uh strawberry You wanna try the Apple one? Sure. Apple it is. That's my biggest thing. If I get a lot of money, I want to give back to community. I'm more big about giving the money back into a community. So so I, I'm big about that too, like shopping local, like going to local stores, locally owned businesses. That was weird. He was like looking up at the ceiling. Uzi, do we have a ghost in the house? Um, but yeah, like I, I'm really big about that as well. Uh, That's an interesting one. Yeah, I haven't even sipped on it yet. I'm going to take a couple minutes. Um, fuck, I forgot where I was going with that. But uh, Living in a big city. We're talking about like oh, money. Yeah. 
Yeah, like it it is. It's something that can absolutely change the entire like dynamic of a city or even the geographic area of a city. Yep. Like you you look at the show Let Letter Kenny. Yeah. Right? And how small that town is and yep. they've got like their rec center and it's like five people on the council and Right. If somebody moved up there with ten million dollars and just started pumping money into that community, yeah, it would grow rapidly, and the people there probably wouldn't like it. To be honest, I think the growth is controllable because you could work with zoning. That's where I like the idea of mayorship and and being connected. That's why a lot of rich people. If you're rich and you work with local government, it's weird, huh? That's yeah. a that's a weird beer. It's got yeah. a kick to it. Yeah. Uh, working with local government can be a good thing because if you're donating, like pledging money to these companies to be like, let's raise the wages of everyone in this co- or everyone in this county so that they start spreading, circulating more money in the economy. If you don't increase the zoning, they can't build more houses. So true. True. I think that's a big part of it. I like think buying off the politicians to not increase zoning. I don't know if it's necessarily buying off if it's just to increase the prosperity of the people already living there. Because I think there's some poor places that you could bring money into. Like, it, for example, if I was a billionaire, Rigby, Idaho is like 5,000 people. If I could pump $20 million into that town, the life quality of everyone there would be so much better. True. So much better. Drug problems would go away. People could afford to pay their bills. Uh, the police department wouldn't make $12 an hour. Um, like that's the kind of shit that is powerful with the internet. You can siphon money from all over the world and disperse it wherever you're living. Right. Right. That's, that's cool. Now I think, uh, but how would that money go to work? How would you see that work in Rigby, Idaho? So I thought about this a lot because there was this, I was toying around with the idea. I was never like, it's not a feasible idea. I wouldn't want to do it because I don't know the problems currently. The mayor of Rigby, Idaho is a middle school teacher right now. He's the only one who ever runs. And I was sitting there like, God damn, I could do such a better job than him. Because what they've done in the past is they get a budget from the state and they say, well, we're going to pay companies to come here. We're going to pay them cash from our budget to move here. And I'm sitting here like, why not just give them tax breaks? Like if they're getting, if they're making a shit ton of money, if you can siphon them in and say, we'll give you a 3% tax break than anywhere else you're going to go, they're going to move there. Cause they're going to have like Google employees would love to move somewhere where they're out of the city. There's some of them that would. Yeah. Um, and if they're each making a hundred thousand dollar salaries, that money is being spent some in the local economy. So that's going to fuel businesses in the local economy. Uh, as well as they're getting taxed, they're making revenue. So they're getting taxed at a lower rate, but since they're making hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever, that's more revenue coming into the state. It, it's tax breaks can be good as long as it, it all comes down to it's strategy. It's strategy and it's lack of greed, which a lot of people are greedy and it's understandable. Like when you make a lot of money, you want to make more. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I think the most uh, willing I've been to donate money is when I have the least amount. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, also, um, speaking of which, her funeral's already happened, but uh, 
Her name's Ashley Cooper. Um, I knew her as Ashley Corey. Or, at, no, Ashley Anders. And I knew her as Ashley Corey. Okay. Um, uh, she was a lady I was in the military with. And uh, last week I found out she died. Damn. Didn't know. Don't know how. None of us know how. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. It's it it was that that was hard news to take. Her, I think her and her kid both died at the same time. Yeah, that's rough. So I think the best. But, I mean, rest in peace. Uh, I think the best way to look at it is the experiences you had with her and like. Well, yeah, but I. The the reason why I bring that up is like uh, somebody started a GoFundMe for her. She was out of the military, so the military wasn't uh, gonna pay for her funeral. So I donated some money. Yep. To towards those costs. Yeah. For her, um, and I I'm in a pretty good spot right now. My wife and I are in a really good spot right now, actually. Mm-hmm. But um. I I was still like I was like you know I I knew this person but overall uh, usually like if I've got five thousand dollars I want ten thousand you know yeah. if I've got a thousand dollars I want two thousand sort of a deal if I've got a hundred dollars I've got no problem giving you twenty bucks for some reason yeah and uh, that's that's the greed aspect of it right for sure so I think I've slowly changed my mentality to being like the more I give and not expecting to get anything in return. I think we've talked about that before, but the more I give, the more I'm, I'm like, just how it's the more you help people, the more you get respect, like real respect. Right. And the more likely they are to help you out when you need it. It's not that you're expecting that, but you're doing what you hope people would do for you. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole treat others the way you want to be treated thing. For um, sure. However, I've I have had that come back to bite me in the ass. Yeah. Like at my old job for instance. Um I I I wasn't in nursing school yet, so I just I took on everyone's shifts and they weren't in nursing school either. And it's like, "Hey Dallas, can you cover this for me?" Sure. I was working 5 days a week, 13 hours a day. Yeah. Like, easily. Right. And um, and then I needed time off. And, and nobody, I, right? I, I asked, I threw out, like, this net, and I was like, hey, time to pay up, motherfuckers, kind of a yeah, deal. Yeah. Like, I need somebody to cover one of my shifts. Just one. Yeah. I never asked for it. And no one reciprocated. Right. And I, I lit them up. Yeah. Like, I lit all of them up. Mm-hmm. On our little like um, employees Snapchat or whatever we had going at the time, and I was just like, you know what, fuck all you guys. Yeah. Do not come to me for anything else. Yeah. And they would come to me, and I'd tell them, you know, like when I needed time off a couple months ago. Yeah. Um. After I covered what like five, six shifts of yours. That's well over seventy hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, like, where were you? To cover one 12-hour shift for me. You couldn't do it. Why? Because you had someone's birthday party. Yeah. You know? 
Go fuck yourself. I had the... uh, I think there's a balance of donating certain things. So, like, donating money is one thing. Donating time is one thing. I think dedicating hardship is a... Or donating hardship is is a good thing, too. For example, uh, there was that girl that I taught... I introduced you over the phone one time. Yeah, the the one that's, like... um, Moved out of state for sobriety. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she constantly has these things of like wanting money, like reaching out to different people for money. We're at, oh, it's happening. Just keep going. She constantly like wants to reach out for money, it seems like. Uh huh. And uh, for me, it's like sometimes I can afford to do that. Like I can, I can afford to help somebody out. But there's also times where I know if I give somebody money, they're not, it's not going to help them. Right. And, um, cause I, I can see where their intent is and I see what they're working towards. Like if I know somebody's like really in a pinch and they, they, they're at their wits end, I will offer them money before they ask for it. But if somebody asks me for it, that's not really what they need. Um, and it, again, it's situational. But that's one of right. those situations where I looked at it and said, you are stronger than this. You have the ability to do things that you don't think you can do. And I'm not going to give you this easy way out. Right. And I think that's important too. That's a form of donation, in my opinion, is saying no sometimes because that's going to make a better impact. Right, right. And um, like with what you're saying, uh, there was... A time when I was living in San Diego, uh, there was this homeless guy in front of me at Target, and uh, I could tell he was homeless just because of like how unkempt his hair was and how dirty he was, and like uh-huh. he'd clearly been living on the streets for a while. But uh, my wife and I went there to pick up something. I can't even remember what we were buying, but he was just trying to buy a new pair of pants yeah. off of the money that he'd panhandled that day. Yeah. And I, I, he was literally right in front of me in line and I just stepped up to the cashier and I was like, his pants are on me. Yeah. Just continue scanning my, roll his, his purchases right into my purchases. And he had like a, I think like he had like a Coke or something on him too, but yeah, uh, like he wasn't there asking for money. He was trying to buy a new pair of pants. Yeah. You know, right? And so I, I just stepped up and paid for those pants and whatever else I was buying. And then, oddly enough, a few weeks later, Liz Liz had moved back to Utah by this point. But a few le- weeks later, I was uh, over at this place called Coffee and Cocoa, um, and it was it's kind of all in the same area. But he was sitting outside of there, just like chilling out with another homeless guy, um, talking. And I was like, hey, are you guys hungry? And they're like, yeah, kind of. And I was like, do you want some food? And they said, sure. And I walked in and I bought us like, I bought all three of us three California burritos. And I just sat down and talked to him. Yeah. While we ate our burritos. Right. At this Mexican joint, like right next to the coffee shop. And I went and bought my coffee and I went home. And I... I'm not trying to say this to be self-congratulatory, even if it sounds like it, but that's the kind of stuff that you're, you're talking about is where like, 
the person's not necessarily asking for help, but you can see that they need it. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. I remember working at NTO, and there was that Taco Bell down the street, and I was poor as shit. Like, poor, poor. I mean, like, going into, like, overdrafts, determining if I needed a McChicken or whatever at McDonald's more than I needed an overdraft fee. Like, I can worry about that later. That poor. <laughs> yeah. And I remember going through the drive through probably had less than $100 in my account, and there was a lady behind me, and I could hear her, like, counting her change to buy something. Right. And I was just like, pay it forward. Like, because at that point, because I've been in that situation to know it's it, not fun. It fucking sucks, dude. It's awful. I, I remember doing that as a kid. Um, I, I grew up, for better or for worse, with my mother. Um, if you guys have listened to this at all, uh, any previous episodes, you know how I feel about her at this point. Um, but she was a single mom. And for having a mental illness, I think she was doing the best she could. But I remember helping her count change out of my piggy bank to pay for gas to get us to school in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember doing that. And, uh, like, I, I sit there and I think back on that as an adult. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. That's fucking rough. Yes. When I was a kid, it was kind of endearing to me. Like, I, like my mom got this boyfriend a little later on that was just fucking filthy rich. And he covered everything for us. And I kind of missed counting changes of family. Yeah. But, like, as an adult, you're like, shit, that's fucking scary. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough. And, um, unfortunately, it's a lot of people. And, um, I don't know. I... My idea is that if I become wealthy, 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 I want to give as much of it away as possible because that gives me more gratification than having the money. Right. I need, in all reality, to live the lifestyle I want to live, 70 grand a year will do. 70 to 100 grand a year will do. Anything over that is opportunity for me to give back in some way, whether that be donations to causes I want. It's not even like... Like, even the Wounded Warrior Project, like, I'm not the type that would just give money to them. I'm more of the type to, like, find things myself and, like, really get invested. Because I... I I cannot wait until I'm done with nursing school so I can do this uh, military mobility thing with Brian. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You know, having a trained, licensed nurse, nurse on staff... For this nonprofit that goes out into the wilderness and helps like these guys with disabilities from war, like regain their confidence. Like I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah. You know, he should, he should get a podcast together when he gets this going and sit down with wounded warriors. I think that would be. And even if he doesn't, we can kind of push it ourselves too. Yeah. I mean, we... I mean even if we get him on the podcast and talk him, talk to him about that. Yeah. I think that's a good move. Um, yeah. Just the idea of giving back. I would love to start a nonprofit. I wish I was in a position that I could retire and start nonprofits to just do that kind of stuff. Right. God damn it. And it's cutting out again. Yeah. So what you guys are hearing is like popping in between our voices. Uh, we don't know what's going on with the software. Notice how it looks laggy too when yeah. that moves across. That's weird yeah. to me. So um, 
that that's just what you're hearing is like some weird thing going on with the mics. We'll do some dead air click for on a second. A, on, on the keyboard, click on Control Shift Escape. Okay. And then click on more details. And then click on performance, the tab. I'm just curious to see if anything's like capping out. Like what's... No, the CPU, the RAM, it's all good. Memory. I mean, we built a pretty good machine, right? It's got to be the software then. So we'll have to work on that next. I don't know the... I know the mics that I want to get. Um, Sorry so, that you guys had to hear the, hear us doing some troubleshooting, but... Yeah, it keeps it raw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish I was in a position I could do nonprofits because I would do that. Well, if... Even if you can't start one of your own, you can still contribute to one that you think is worthwhile. Yeah, it's just giving money to any organization. And maybe that's like the entrepreneurial side of me. Like it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be money, though. It's true. Yeah, it can just, be time. Just time as well, right. Um, but even tithing, when I grew up in the Mormon church, they expect you to pay 10% of your gross income. Correct. And for those of you who do it, and like my parents are a good example, like they did it all the time and the church drastically helped them. They paid their mortgage for damn near close to a year. Uh, they would pay for all their groceries, pay for the everything. The church will do that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They have a, they have so much money. It's not like they harbor the money. They do give it away. It's just, I felt like my money could be used. If I take that 10%, I felt like I could put it to better use than they could. Um, well, and on top of that though, you have to look is like your parents were probably requesting help and the church was stepping in and helping them, but they were probably still giving away 10% of their income, right? Um, at that point, I don't think they were because there, there are certain points where the church will say like, like the church paid for my, my parents got ripped off by a, uh, by a contractor of like 40 grand and the church stepped in and paid it all. Okay. Um, they're a good, or they have a good sense of community outside of the culty religion stuff. The sense of community is stronger than I've ever seen in my life. Um, okay. They look out for their own. They really do. Um, and that's what I miss about Idaho Mormonism is it was about the community, not about the religion. Okay. It was about taking care of each other and, and making sure every, everyone was all right. They have what's called the Bishop Storehouse, which is... Um, they basically write you a rec the bishop writes you a recommendation and you go to this grocery store and everything's free. You take what you need. It's all covered. Nice. Um, and that's, that's part of it. That's part of the stuff I miss about it. I don't miss the culty side of it. <laughs> I don't miss the Utah Mormonism is fucked. It's so bad. It's, it's a different level for sure. It's not about the people. It's about Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Yeah. If anyone's seen that episode of South Park, you know what I'm talking about. And it it does have its problems still, but it it does have that that giving back sense. Um not all of it does. There's corruption everywhere, but Yeah. And and Utah has this thing like if I mean, go back about 8 to 10 years. It's probably still a thing in media, but they're like, oh, in the Utah tradition of neighbor helping neighbor, like this and that, this and that. Yeah. It's like, well, any good community is going to be a neighbor helping a neighbor. Right. Right? Like Heather and Paul with Liz and I, we came to an agreement on the, uh, 
the retaining wall to keep my yard from slipping into his yard. Yeah. And uh, Liz and I, although through trade and like barter and services, covered a lot of the cost. Yeah. Uh, like they've they've turned around and they've helped us out. Right. So, I mean, and that's just community. That's just being part of a, a fucking community, part of a team. Community is what this country's missing to supplement socialist ideas, in my opinion. For example, if you have a strong enough community, the wealth's going to get shared regardless because you care about the people around you so much. I think that's right. what we're really missing nowadays is that sense of caring about other people. Right. And and Paul, he he's like that to a fault. Um I bought like I I don't even remember how much it was. I'm just gonna throw a number out there. I think it was like thirty bucks. I don't I don't even remember, but I bought some tar to seal up the wall. Yeah. Before they buried that part of the wall. Okay. For the retaining wall, and um, he's like, "Oh, I want to pay you half of that," and I'm like, "Dude, your half's like fifteen dollars." Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. Right. But he's he's like dead set on paying me b- that back, even to this day. And that's like I really don't want him to pay me back. I don't care. Yeah, you know. You should wait until he forgets about it and be like, "Hey, Paul, where's my fifteen bucks?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to him, dude. <laughs> he he invited me over to watch the Mandalorian and shit. So no, I get you though. That's but, how my uh, old roommate Silas was. He was anti debt, like completely anti debt. So that's Paul. So yeah. when I bought him like a hamburger at In-N-Out for four bucks, he, he was like it. dead set on paying me back. He's like, I don't believe in debts. That, and that's Paul. And I respect Paul for that. But yeah. I don't need my $15 for a bucket of tar that's benefiting both of us. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it's helping me out just as much as it's helping him. It's probably the New Jersey in him. Yeah, probably. And, and it's really funny because you talk to Heather and you don't hear the accent. Yeah. You talk to Paul, you hear that East Coast. Yeah. Like a little bit of that East Coast in him, you know? Right. It's it's just really funny to me. Um, I don't know. They're They're great people. I couldn't have asked for better neighbors. Yeah. I really couldn't have. If they ever move, I'm going to just buy the house next door. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. They're great people. Put cardboard cutouts of them out front and like get outside of everyone, wave to them. And it's hey just guys. cardboard cutouts of them going like waving. <laughs> I miss them so much. Yeah. <laughs> them walking their dog by my house. <laughs> yeah. Just Paul, Heather, and Blondie like waving at me and Blondie being in a park barking pose. Yeah. <laughs> No, they they seem like good peeps. Yeah, they definitely do. Oh, they're they're wonderful people. I mean, like, um, since Liz and I have been in the neighborhood, uh, they've had us over to their house. Like, I mean, and this is uncommon for America nowadays. I'm gonna throw that out there. Uh, but we've we've lived in the neighborhood for a year mm-hmm. officially. Maybe a little longer, but they've had us over to their house yeah. four or five times yeah. and the same with us. Mm-hmm. And that's super uncommon nowadays. It is. 
Like a lot of people, like you move into a new neighborhood, you keep to yourself. You don't talk to anybody. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like that whole like, hey, can I borrow a cup of sugar thing? Like that doesn't exist anymore. Nope. Not at all. I, I bet if I was like trying to make something and I needed not necessarily a cup of sugar, but like. Nowadays, I, yeah. You need a I, cup of aspartame. Yeah, like I, I could walk over to Heather and Paul and be like, hey, can I, do you guys have any limes? Yeah. Yeah, here's a lime. Thank you. Yeah. You know, like it's just, like that's how they are. Right. And I'm glad to have neighbors where I can have a relationship like uh, uh, that. Tim Allen did with uh, that Wilson in Home Improvement, dude. Like, right. I'm happy to have that. I'm really happy to have that. So. Yeah, it's it's yeah, and that's kind of what I grew up with in Idaho. Is that's what I was so shocked with when I moved to Salt Lake. Is that when I lived in apartments, you're living within like spitting distance of nine other people, and no one knows each other. 100% correct. In Idaho, a new neighbor moved in. It spread through rumor like, oh, someone moved into their house. And you go knock on their doors and like you made them something. Yeah, like here's the casserole, you know. Yeah, like, here's here's cookies that we made. Yep. My parents did cheese balls every Christmas and, and take them to like all these different people. Liz does that in this neighborhood. She That's didn't a good do move. it in the last one. That's a good move. Um, I and, think in the, our last neighborhood, she would have been looked at as a fucking weirdo. Dude, I'll tell you right now. If I ever live in a cul-de-sac, I'm going to throw the best cul-de-sac parties. Like, just like where you block off the street and it's just a free, like a, a big barbecue. I feel like that would be so much fun. Yeah. Just building that community. I, I've been I've been part of that before. Yeah. Like, uh, when I was younger. And it, it was. It was a good time, you know. Like, but... Uh, you just don't see it anymore. Mm-mm. And and it's funny, like you said, with especially with the apartment complexes, because you would think that it'd be more likely to happen there yeah. than here. You know what it suburbs. is? People are poor, and th- I think that's primarily what it is. What, in apartment complexes? In, gener- just- in general, people are so scrapped for money that they put themselves into a hole of worrying about themselves that they don't want to be involved with anyone else. I, yeah. th- I think... My theory is True. that we're we're in a recession, like we we have been for a long time, and we just don't know it. We do, I, like we know it, but we don't know it. Like right, it's, not, we, it's normalized, it's not quote unquote official. I think we're in a recession. Like twenty years from now, history books are going to point back and be like the Great Depression of the early two thousands. Right, there's over fifty trillion dollars of worth on this planet. So for someone to make $10 an hour is minuscule. Like 20, right. 20 grand a year is $20,000 is so little of money nowadays. Um, like, for example, if you made $300 million, no one would know that's missing in the world's economy. Nobody would know. Um, the IRS would know. But other than that, as far as how much worth there is in this, in the world, there's something off balance. Like, yeah. The recession's going to happen soon. Like a, a real, real one. And it needs to happen. Like Great Depression status? 
I hope it doesn't. There's just a bubble that's been created. And when rent goes back down to like rent needs to be $600 for a one bedroom apartment. I agree. And there's no reason for it to be more than that. $1,300 is what it like. When I came to St. George, it was a three bed, two and a half bath. We paid $825. Now that's easily 1750 easily. Yeah. And Um, that, I mean, that's a house payment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, it is. It's a fucking house payment. Right. You know? Um, but even the value, everything is just so inflated right now. And I think there's nothing that we can do to prevent it. It's a byproduct of capitalism. It happens over time. It just, it does. Right. Um, interest rate doesn't, interest doesn't really exist. If I have 10 M&Ms, let's say I have 100 M&Ms, <laughs> and I give 10 M&Ms to each bank, and the, M- and the banks are like, I'll give you one M&M, but you owe me an M&M and a half. Well, where does that come from? It comes from the rest of it. What I'm saying is interest doesn't exist. It's, it creates a bubble, and it crashes over time. It's a- well, interest exists. It definitely exists, but it's a, it's, it exists to build wealth on the part of the lender. But I'm saying if... If there's only 100 M&Ms in existence and 10 M&M banks loan out their 10 M&Ms and require an M&M and a half back, they have then required 150 M&Ms in total. There's only 100 in the economy. So where does that come from? It doesn't exist. It's made up. It's, it's, it's banking off them taking M&Ms from other people, but they've all done it. Everyone's done it. Right. So we're at a point in the economy where all the banks are calling each other trying to get loans and... No one has the money. So they go to the Fed and the Fed's like, we'll just print more money. We'll print more money. And it's going to make the recession way worse. It's coming. It's going to fucking happen. I know people don't like to listen to that. I bring this shit up and people like, they're like, oh, that makes me feel bad. I don't want to hear well, that. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It makes me feel uneasy. It, it, it should uh, make as, everyone. Uh, especially as a, like a, a homeowner and somebody that's trying to get their career started with a wife that has a career that's not necessarily um like a quote unquote necessary career right yeah. i mean like her her job i feel like it, personally i feel like it is necessary yeah but when it comes down to like basic human survival it is a not a necessary job to have and um so i'm i mean i i just view that and i'm like okay well uh if this hits before I'm able to get into the job market, yeah, we're gonna be fucked. Royally, like just federal pound you in the ass prison. Fucked. I don't know about prison. Um, no, I, I'm I'm just saying like that's oh, the level yeah. no, of I get, fucked okay. I would be. I get you. Yeah. I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Um. Really, like, what it comes down to though, you know who will always need therapy though is really rich people. And, true. Um. I've I've talked about this in the past, like personal trainers. There's a person, there's a personal trainer that charges five thousand dollars an hour. Why does he do that, and how does he make so much money? Well, these fat. If you think about billionaires or hundred millionaires, they get pretty damn fat. And when they go out to look for the best of the best, what do they typically look for? The price. So if they see somebody who's charging five thousand dollars an hour, they don't care about spending that money. Because they have it. They have it, and they see that they're like, oh, they're charging more. They view their worth higher. So right. if Liz charged 
550 an hour, there would be more people with higher amounts of money hiring her. True. Um, She'd have fewer clients, but like a relatively stable income. You'd be surprised. I mean, there's there's guys who teach jujitsu um, that charge absorbent amount of money per hour, but all the celebrities go to them because they have the reputation of being the guy. Right. Um, the most successful. It's it's knowing your own worth is what I'm saying. Like if you charge more because you know you have the knowledge, like you know it, you have that confidence, that self confidence. You can charge whatever the fuck you want. True. Um, Gaining money for yourself isn't as hard as people. I mean, it's it's hard getting started. It, but what it comes down to is having the self belief that you deserve that much. Um, okay. Uh, that that's really what it comes down to. The guys who charge the most, it's just a money is fake to them. It's yeah. it's not a thing. It's like ask for more. Just ask for more. It's like going to a job yeah, interview. You get, you, you get to a point where people aren't willing to pay and then you back off from that just a little bit. And yeah. Sorry. If you guys are hearing that like snoring sleep apnea sound in the background, that's my dog. I'm scratching (laughs) his ears. He's just having the time of his life right now. And I care about him a lot more than I care about you. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to catch some of his snorts on on the audio. Uh no, but yeah, I mean like I'm excited for a depression to happen, dude, to be honest with you. Me, I'm not so much. Well, the only reason I'm excited for it is because it'll wake the hell like it'll wake up this country. Yeah. Non problems yeah. will become non existent. That's true. Um it will suck. But it's a byproduct of it healing itself. And unfortunately, it's gone on too long. The government has failed us in the sense that they should have let this happen damn near seven years ago. And if it would have happened, it would have sucked for some people. But it's not going to be nearly as catastrophic as this one's going to be. And I don't mean to scare people. I'm a very statistic-driven person, and it's just like facts. It's going to fucking happen. Yeah. So if it doesn't happen within two more years, I'm just going to assume it's going to get worse. Like, I I don't want a 1920 situation, but the fact the Treasury keeps printing all this money, or I'm sorry, the Fed keeps printing all this money is fucking bogus. Um, well, if it comes down to it, like I said, I, I, I'm going to try to hold on to this property no matter what. So, yeah. Um, if you need a place to stay, if that happens, again, same rate stands. Yeah. So. Uh, and hopefully you'd be able to meet that. If not, whatever you can give is whatever you can give because it keeps a roof over everyone's head. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, see, that's where I'm like, that's where I'm big on telling people to invest in apartment complexes because no matter what happens, people need a place to live. Uh, if it's you, true. If you own apartment complexes, you're recession proof. It, it's, it's. Really you, drop your, you drop your rates, but you still have an income. Yeah. yeah. You still have an income and you can still provide a place for people to stay. Um, and, and our whole generation doesn't fully understand that yet because it hasn't happened. We haven't lived through anything like... Even 2008, I don't really remember it. I don't remember the recession. like that much? Mm-mm. I don't think we were as affected by it because my dad worked for the government. Um, 
I remember it to a degree because my mom was trying to sell her house at that time and it sold for less than what we bought it for. So we were upside down in it. Basically. Okay. Um, she was upside down in it. Uh, not by much, but by enough that it made, right. Made a difference. Um, and that's cause she got married and all this other shit that, I don't want to get into right now, but, uh, yeah, like if it, if it really comes down to it, dude, I'll, I'll rent out every room in this motherfucker. We won't have a studio to record in. Anymore. Oh, and rightfully so that becomes survival mode in every single mortgage. If you read through all of the fine print, they say they have the ability to call the note if the bank feels like they're in trouble. So what they'll do is since the uh, since the Fed has lowered the rate to like 1.9%, they've lowered the rate to 1.9%. So all these companies that give mortgages out say, we'll give you a mortgage rate of 2.3%, 2.5%, 2.7%, whatever. Right. But then when the Fed raises their rate to 6 or 7%, all these banks scramble to say like, fuck, we need to get our money back now. So they say, we call the note. You have to either pay us all the money you agreed to pay us right now, or we're going to send some old lady to evict you. And uh, Old lady's getting shot. Yeah. but And then you got to think, like, they're just doing it to provide for their family. It's not like okay. the Wall Street people are coming down and being like... Well, so, uh. so here's... It's a multifaceted approach on... In my view of... Old ladies getting shot if this happens. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I commit a fel- felony. Mm-hmm. I'm in jail for life. Yeah. Three hots and a cot at taxpayer expense. Yeah. I'm taken care of. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you would rather do that than like you keep your jobs. We'll say you keep your jobs. You have the ability, like you would lose house or whatever, but you have the ability to start in like an apartment or something, but the economy resets itself. So houses then become 90 to $120,000 again. Okay. But if, if that's the case, I'm still trying to build up wealth to buy another house for sure. But I mean, what is wealth to you? Is it like the dollar amount? Like if, if you imagine like if, if if no one has money, if no one has money, right. And the grocery prices, like a gallon of milk costs less than a dollar again, gas prices go down because they have to. Um, I'm just saying the bubble pops to the sense where everything becomes less expensive again. There's some, there's some shit that everyone has to go through. Everyone. True. But my whole thing with this is like, we got this house because we were able to sell our old house and we got that house because Liz was able to find a job Yeah. before I got out of the military that paid a decent amount of money. Right. Um, the, the whole thing about it is, is like, um, if we start from square one again, we literally start from square one. If we're back in an apartment paying rent, we're stuck in that fucking cycle again. See, here's, here's where I'll, I'll argue it just for the sake of the, the conversation is that what you don't lose is the education that you have. True, but 
like millionaires or billionaires that went bankrupt and then gained that back, the only thing they had was their knowledge to do so. And you have gained so much knowledge that you would be set if something bad happened. And you, if you had to start from square one, you would get to where you're at now again within months because you know how to do it. You've been there. Um, I, I can see where you're coming from, but I'm going to also have to disagree with you a little bit because like Liz is contracted to work at her rate, mm-hmm. right? So she'll continue to make that amount of money regardless. Yep. Um, but if she gets laid off now, her master's degree is only worth $18 an hour. Okay. Right. But everything's cheaper too. Yeah. Yeah. But if everything's cheaper and she's only making $18 an hour, that's in line with the expense of everything else. So I'm saying, um, like for, I guess this is a good way to paint it. When you were 17, what was a lot of money per hour to you? Fuck. That, that's reaching back. Um, or let's say nineteen twenty even. Probably like $14. $14 an hour, you're pretty set. Like you're, you had enough to pay for what you needed. Versus what now do you view as something that you would not settle for any less? You told me today how much. Yeah, like, I think I told you about like 28 so the only difference that's changed is the experience you gained for you to realize that you're worth more than 14. Like you have gained enough knowledge for you to be like, no, I'm worth this much. And I think that's the determining factor. I, I don't think, hell, if everyone could maintain their jobs and the bubble popped, everything became half the price and everyone's wages got cut in half, I'd be okay with that. So for example, if I was, if every, if every bill I had got cut 50% and my wages got 50% cut, I'd be okay with it. Um, but, but the thing is, is that's not what's going to happen. Right. There's going to be like, if the bubble pops, like you're talking about people's wages will get cut. Yeah. People will be out of jobs, but a cell phone bill, for instance, will still be $80 a month. Well, my it, mortgage right. is still going to be $2,400 a month. Right. Right? Well, yeah, the, the committed stuff. Like cell phones, I think, is all margin. Because if you look at like what we pay for things in China and what they're sold for over here, the margin is so high mm-hmm. that they would have to cut down. They're still making a profit. Um, but at the same time, it's... Um, they're not making as much of a profit. That's where greed plays into it. I'm just saying that it, no one wants to go through. Nobody wants to go fucking through this. And it pisses me off that our political system keeps fueling it to prevent it from happening, even though it has to happen. If they would have let it happen when it was supposed to, the economy right now would be better off than it is now. And it, it, it just and sucks. I mean, as much as I hate the guy, we've had some growth under Trump. It, and it's, this is how I view it, dude. I don't care. I don't care for how he acts as a, a person. Mm-hmm. I don't care for that at all. But he is the byproduct of being fucked in the ass so much that like everyone turned to like, we need something fucking different. Right. And, right. I, and again, I'm not a Trump dick supporter. Like, I don't suck his dick. 
I'm right, not right. I'm not in this position where I'm like I love him so much. However, um I think the people that build businesses or know how to run businesses and know what fuel the economy know better than people that went to law school because all law is is built upon itself right right. lawyers are byproducts of what is being passed by congress and it's not working i think he's a pivot point and it should be an awakening of people going yeah we kind of have been fucked like we wouldn't have found out about epstein i don't feel like if he wouldn't have got elected. I, re- I really I really don't think so. Um, it, and again, it, it's not that I'm a huge supporter of everything he does. However, I've seen the growth on the stock market as far as 401ks, mutual funds. Well, yeah, my IRA's gone up. Like, I, I had my meeting with uh, my financial planner and manager person uh, about a month or so ago and he was like we've never seen double digit growth multiple years in a row like this yeah like well we've seen like two years in a row but we've never seen like three four years in a row he's like this is like you are in a great position right now so really what it comes down to is asking yourself it's a it's a position because i'm very socially liberal i'm also very conservatively fiscal um, that's why I liked Gary Johnson. That's why I voted for Gary Johnson is because fiscally, um, entrepreneur business owners know what the fuck they're doing. On the other side, social issues have to be balanced as well. So it's a, a very fine balance. Right. And right. Um, fiscally, it, it comes down to this. If people want higher taxes and more regulation, do you trust them? the government more with your money than you trust yourself with your money. If that's the case, then that's the side you stay on. Whereas I'm on the side of, I believe less taxes from the government. I think the government needs to work more efficiently. Um, okay. That's my argument is because I, I don't think anyone would disagree with you on that business taxes under Obama. And I think Obama came from a good place. I re- I think a lot of his administration forced him to do things he didn't want to do. So I, I'm going to say this about every president. Okay? Yeah. A lot of people look at the president and they're like, this man has all the power and that's not true. Um, a lot of stuff gets pinned on the president that is not from the president. And secondly, um, the the president is driven by their cabinet, yes. right? And uh, like you said, like oh, oh, what did you say about Obama exactly? I think that he had a good heart, and he was swayed by people to do things he didn't want to do. And I think every president, I I'm not sure about Trump. Trump's a different story. He's he's an enigma, but. I think every president in the past has been doing what they think is absolutely right for the country yeah. when they get elected. Right. They com- they campaign on what they think is best to help the country, and they try to perform that. Right. And other shit gets in the way. Yes. I agree. I think our whole political system like clogs the system just for that to happen. Um, 
I'll, I'll paint this example. This is how I look at Trump because it, it's still back and forth for me. Let's imagine that you're the CEO of Disney, right? Okay. Disney owns ABC, MSM, or ABC or MSNBC, one of the two. Disney CEO is being accused of being having ties with Epstein. Okay. So you have ties of being with Epstein. What are you willing to do to make sure that that information doesn't get out? If there's somebody actively trying to do the, because the only job of the president is making sure the federal government does their job. It's, it's making sure the CEO has no idea of what to do without his vice presidents. So you have your vice president of whatever, vice president of this, which is secretary, secretary of state, secretary of this, secretary of this. So you're talking to these guys and they're all telling you this story and you have to make a decision. If they're all lying to you, you're furthering their objective. Right, so his right. whole job is sifting, shifting through the bullshit and being like, well, I've talked to people below you and they say something different. All the president is supposed to do. So the fact that they paint the president as like this insane dude who's dumb as shit, um, which I, I get, I understand, I get where people are coming from. Um, but at the same time, I also know there's other interests being protected besides, oh, for sure. For sure. besides him, because they said the economy was going to crash when he got elected. It hasn't happened yet. It's been almost three years. Um, that's where I didn't vote for him again. I didn't, I didn't either. I didn't want to. Uh, I thought he would, but yeah, I, I've, I voted for Gary Johnson. However, having seen what's transpired in the media, as far as like everything shifted to him, everything is shifting to him. Like the smoke screen went up of just ridiculing him, ridiculing him, ridiculing him. And Do you then, think that happened with Obama? Um, I think, Fox was, News is definitely a culprit. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They they attacked him. Um and I, I definitely what about won't Bush. You were probably a little young for that. Bush was so heavily into the establishment that it's like a Don Jr., right, went on some uh I think he went on MSNBC to promote his book. Yeah. And he was asked, who's your favorite Democrat? And he said, uh, Mitt Romney. It's not a Democrat. But here's the thing. Mitt Romney pushes a lot of the agenda of... The Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party, to some extent, has become very shifted towards um, social justice. Yeah. And... Yeah. Sadly, that's not what people are care about. People, what most people want in this country right now is to be able to provide for their family, um, have a good job that they can provide for their family. Uh, and unfortunately, like, I don't know if you knew this, California is controlled by four families. It's controlled by four uh, families. Nancy Pelosi is the daughter of a drug trafficker who was actually caught smuggling heroin into the country. I didn't know that. She married into the family of, oh, I forget the names. There was essentially this family that was um, heavily involved in politics that had a friend that was a billionaire. The billionaire helped. So this guy helped him get elected? So this billionaire helped um, this family get elected. And then basically what happened was 
he put in a judge from the same family that got elected, so they started skewing the laws. Okay. Uh, Nancy Pelosi married into a... Uh, Keep going. Into a family. I And I don't want to go too deep into this because I can't rattle off the names, but if you type in like the four families that control California, they basically got a contract for building a ski resort and they siphoned all that money out to give to their rich friends. Gavin Neutrich... Newrich, Newtrich, okay. whatever the current governor of California is, he is actually the niece of Nancy Pelosi. Um, okay. If you type in Nancy Pelosi's dad. Okay. Because okay. it's a different name. It's like D. Alessandros, I think is what it is. Nancy D. Alessandros. Um, okay. He was heavily involved. That's him. Thomas D. Alessandros. Okay. He was very heavily tied to the current governor, and they eventually got to a point of where the governor was saying, hey, I don't want to fucking do this anymore, and they threatened to just murder him politically. So what happened was there was this little-known guy named Ronald Reagan who ran against him and won. So he went throughout his term, straightened up California a little bit, and then uh, the original governor's son got reelected and started playing ball again because he was friends with the billionaires. Um, they pushed up Gavin Newbridge. I don't remember what the governor's name is. Um, okay. They basically put him into a position where they siphoned money so he could start a wine company. And then he became politically involved and then became governor of California. So Pelosi, the Newbridge family... Uh, the billionaire family, and there's one other family, all have worked together to siphon the money out of California for their own gains. And uh, if this is on Snopes, be be careful. Because if you look into this, this is owned by George Soros. And I don't want to get too deep into it. I don't want to be conspiracy nut. But I've looked really fucking deep into this shit. And... Uh, California, there was a point in time before the 1970s where homelessness wasn't really a thing. Uh, you know what, though? Like, having lived in San Diego, I will say this. Like, there's no better place to be homeless. Yeah. You're not going to freeze to death. Right. You're probably not going to die of dehydration during the summer. Like, yep. it. Like, if you're legitimately homeless and are, are just trying to survive, yep. Southern California is the place to be. Right. For sure. 100%. Um, it's just very similar things as to, like, what Putin was cracking down on. Uh, the governor would contract... Like, let's say I'm the governor and I, I have a $300 million contract for my friend's company. I'm like, I'll okay. pay you $300 million to complete the job. Well, they underbid it and build it for $25 million. That $300 million came from taxpayer money. Where does the rest of the money go? And then it just loops and loops and loops. It's a siphoning, siphoning scheme that they've kept in a family circuit for generations. In these four families. These four families. And unfortunately... Pelosi was never in fucking politics until she married somebody with influence into politics. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing 
statistically, like she was never involved in it. Okay. She, she was the daughter of an immigrant that married into it. Um, yeah, that that was one thing that came up on the uh, on her dad was he was a first generation Italian American. If California cycled their leadership, it would turn around so fast. Rent prices would go down. Um, the cost of living would go down. California used to be the best place to live on Earth, and it could still be, besides the fiscal side of it. I mean. Uh... Um, look how much a, a one bedroom, one bath apartment costs in San Diego right now. It, it's, I'm going to guess it's between 3000 and 4,000. That's my guess. No, I'm going to say 2,200, one bed, one bath, apartment, uh, we'll just say San Diego. Or even San Francisco is a good one. That's Pelosi's district. We'll say San Diego. Okay. Apartments.list.com. One bed. Next. So, yeah, it looks like a... Okay. Location. I'll go for a pretty primo spot. Okay. Mission Valley? Yep. Okay. <coughs> and then you probably just skip the question. I don't know if you have a specific. Yeah, I don't know. It's asking all this shit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is going way in depth. Jesus. <coughs> God, what the fuck? Watch, they'll be like, put in your email address and we'll send it to you. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ, man. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, 12 month, 12 month lease. Me, myself, and I... Oh my gee, what the fuck? Dude, it's asking like everything. Yeah, this thing's going deep, man. Oh my Jesus. Have you ever been evicted? Nope. Oh, is this it? We're building your personalized matches. All right. So Mission Valley, San Diego, California. There it is. Enter your fucking info. Yeah, back out of that site. I can I can show you a different one that's just type in like, if you go to apartments.com, that's a good one. Or rent.com, one of the two. Okay, I'll do apartments.com. Um, if I can remember how to spell. There we go. San Diego, California. Oh my God. Chrome, what are you doing to us? Keep it going. Keep it going. Sorry, guys. We're just looking up. We're looking up rent prices. Even in Salt Lake, they've gotten to be... So, 1800 for a studio. Okay. Um, and you can scroll 
down on the right side, there's more. Okay. So I was, uh, that's 2,400 to 3,800. So we were, we were kind of both right. Both in the bar ballpark. Yeah. Um, and then the amount of jobs that are available. That's the hard part. Let it's me like, look at this specific, specifically because I lived here. So I'm just curious. Okay. I'm curious too. Mission Valley, San Diego. Okay. Portofino. I know where that's at. $2,400 a month. West Park, $2,100 a month. River Run. I used to live there. How much was it costing you when you lived there? Uh, 14 Okay. For a one bedroom. For a one bedroom? 990 square feet. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. This is the one I lived in. Right here. Okay. River Run Village. Now, look at San Francisco real quick. While we're on the topic. All right. San Francisco is the Mecca. This is sad because there's people dying in the streets now. There right. are homeless people dying. 3,800 um, to 4,500, 4, yep. essentially. 3,200 for a one-bedroom. 3,200. 3,600. 3,700. People are fucking dying. There are literally people fucking in the streets. Fucking? Yes. 100%. Um, My I kind of place. I can't remember the... Uh, it's a, it's a great place to be if you're a voyeur, it sounds like. There are people like... That's the thing, is when the Pelosi's said that they were going to create a better California, it was for the people that had the money. So the idea was to drive out the lower class. How do you do that? You raise the cost of living and you offer to ship them somewhere else, which is what they do. They'll offer you bus tickets to drive you to Salt Lake City or Minneapolis or Yeah, Atlanta. so here's... Uh, 2700 a month. Look at that building. Jesus. I do miss River Run Village to an extent, but... I just... But the, the place I miss the most is right here. I'll type this in. 3221 okay. Valley Glen Drive Drive San Diego, no, Oceanside, excuse me, California. Okay. This was my house. Really? Yep. So if you go back, you should there see There used a... to be a big palm tree right here. Huge. If you go back, let's see if we can see a Zillow listing on it, because that'll tell you the value of what it's at now. So press the back arrow for the for Chrome. One more time. If we can find a Zillow listing, maybe one more. God damn it. We're stuck in a fucking loop here. Google's got us. Okay. So scroll down a little bit. Looking for Zillow. There it is, Zillow. So that'll tell us the value. Market estimate. Do you remember how much it was worth when you lived there? I don't. I was renting. Okay. Um, so rent estimate is twenty seven fifty. Okay, uh, I think we were about twenty two. I miss this fucking house, dude. It seems nice. 
I mean, the area seems nice. All my whole argument is that it politics just needs to be cleaned up where they're putting the money back because California is the third most prosperous economy in the world. Yes. Ahead of larger, countries. Yeah, it's larger than some countries. That's what I was going to say. It's right behind the United States. So if that's the case, why is Tent City a thing? Why are all of these? Because uh, so, Utah has a great economy. Um, so Tent Cities are uh, called Hoovervilles, just so you know. Okay. Um, I'm trying to get back to that view I had before. Oh, I guess I have to get out of Zillow, huh? Or if you click on the... Uh, if you scroll down, there should be... Okay, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. I uh, They report the driveway. Even. Did they? Yeah, look. Yeah. But there you see the, where the dirt is disturbed? There used to be a big fucking pine tree. And not pine tree, palm tree. Okay. Right there. I parked my truck right here. Liz parked her car there. Steve parked his car there. Fucking beautiful, dude. I I miss that place. Look at this. I mean, it looks really nice. There's the golf course. You'd go to sleep. Some tennis courts. You'd go to sleep listening to frogs, dude. Yeah, I miss this place, man. Um. So my this gate, there used to be a bunch of giant fucking sunflowers sorry i'm going down memory lane oh you're all good and i wish like i wish i could afford to live somewhere like this and then okay imagine paying those rent prices but also the 40 percent taxes they have that's what's driving people into the ground is because rent is has gone up for everywhere so they got this picture during the time of year where this ice plant starts to bloom See that color? Yeah. That used to be this whole hillside during April and um, May. These are the bitches. I bet these, yeah, without a doubt, these are the bitches that told me to fucking move my car. Yep. Yeah. They're like, you can't park on the street up here. And so while they were still walking down, telling people to move their cars off the fucking side of the street, I dressed up in all my combat gear with the full load and walked by them Yeah. to my truck parked at the bottom of the fucking hill. And I was like, have a nice day, ladies. <laughs> I'm sure they loved it. Yeah. And then I started parking my truck in front of the house again. Oh, yeah. I never got approached again. Look at that them. old bitch that's wearing leggings like she's 22. This one? Yeah. You can use the mouse one. Zoom in on her. Oh, yuck. This, I think it was this one that talked to me. Really? That one right there with the visor. Yeah. Ugh. Look at, look at this one. They're training her, dude. They're fucking training her. All these old ladies have 90s, uh. Colors on. No, they have like 90s boys haircuts. Like the Home Alone kid. Yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, they, they. They were like, hey, you can't park your car, your truck. Whoever owns a truck, they can't be parked on the street. Um, so I went and moved my truck. Like, we're, we're going to tow it if you, like, keep parking it here. So I went and moved it down to where they told me to park it at, which was at the parking lot for the golf course I just showed you. Yeah. 
And then I went back to, I walked back up the hill to my house and they were still making their rounds around the neighborhood telling people that they couldn't park on the street. I loaded up all my fucking combat gear, dude. That's funny. And I, I walked back down to my truck and was like, have a nice day, ladies. And then I drove to base and disappeared for like three hours and came back and parked back down there. Yeah. And one of them was out walking their fucking dog. And I walked back up the hill and I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? They never said anything to me again about parking my fucking car in front of my house. Saw me walking around with like a hundred pounds of fucking gear on. But yeah. Yeah, I really miss that place. Yeah. I wonder if I can see um, internal pictures like... That'd be on something like Zillow because they're a... uh... Let's see what this red fin looks like. Yeah, there you go. There's another one that's similar to Zillow. (coughs) God, I miss this house. (coughs) Is it redone on the inside? No, it's exactly the same. It's fucking beautiful, dude. Look at that. It is really nice. I fucking miss living there. We had like a little workout area back here, a pull-up bar mounted to the wall. That was Liz and I's bedroom right there. Okay, at this point, though, was your BAH paying for it? Yes. Okay. So I'm saying... Look at that fucking kitchen, bro. Even with you, when you graduated, now, and Liz and her current income, how much of the percentage of money would go towards paying rent at this place at $2,700 a month? 30. 30%? Like, after I graduate and get my license. Now, think of... There's a picture of me... Sorry, dude. I'm just walking down memory lane. Sorry. But there's like a picture of me right here preparing kebabs. And one of my fellow combat medics started an IV in my arm because I was too lazy to get a drink of water. (laughs) (laughs) Right there at that fucking countertop. Anyway, what were you saying? So here in Utah, our state tax is 4.5%. What is it in California? Do you know? Um, thirteen, fourteen. I'm not sure. Um, I, I mean, like I, I had the military paying for my housing. We were splitting see. the cost of this with a roommate at the time. This is the master bedroom. Um, what is the state income I, tax for California? I had sex right there. Right there. Look, see that. Okay, so it's 12.3%. So it's over double. Okay. So you take 12.3% plus after you hit that tax bracket, that's going to be you're going to be damn near 30%. So imagine 42.5% of your income going to the state and then having to pay for this place. That's the state they're in now. Yeah, I mean it'd be hard. But what I'm trying to point out to you is I had sex right here. I understand that, but wouldn't you like? <laughs> wouldn't you like to be able to do that again? Yes, without being raped by the government. And and let me see here, because I agree, dude. I would love to live here. The problem is, I can't afford this, it. This was our office. Uh huh. That was the guest bathroom. That was Steve's. Steve and uh, Marika's bedroom right here. Back patio. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that shit. 
I was trying to, um, maybe I can get, uh, a shot of the shower that was in here. <coughs> Not a great shower, but I had sex right there too. Nice. Just so you know. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, while you were fucking in there, the government is now fucking millions of people in that state. So. And I had sex right here too. Very nice. Yeah. Good times. I miss this house. <laughs> yeah. Well, my whole point is that I would like to live somewhere like that too, and I can't because the politicians have fucked everyone over there, and now they're all moving here, so congratulations. Uh, Uh, God, sorry. I just had to go down that like old- I want to live there, dude. I wanted to live in San Diego for so many years, and- San Diego's not as bad as like San Francisco or Los Angeles right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of out of the way. San, from what I understand, San, San Diego is an enigma. It's like its own thing. Right. It's close to Tijuana. Like you have a lot of pluses. Well, Tijuana's a plus to visit. San, San Diego, first of all, it's kind of like Salt Lake in the fact that it's both a city and a county. Mm. Um, and so is LA, right? Yeah. But within San Diego County, you also have, like, you have Riverside, Temecula, Escondido, um, El Cajon, just uh, tons of great places. Yeah. I'd give my left nut to go back there. That's the one that hangs a little bit lower, by the way. See, but you don't have to give your left nut. You just have to pay money. But it's probably cheaper to give my left nut. Maybe. You can get $42,000 for donating a testicle. Did you know that? I did not. Yep. I might have to do this. There you go. I still have one working one. Yeah. Well, there you go. If you want to do that. It's... Dude, after I have kids, I'll just donate both of them and take testosterone supplements. Okay. But what if you move back there and saying bitch or cunt is a hate crime? Then it's a hate crime and I guess I'm going to jail. See, that's fucking nuts to me, dude. <laughs> that's crazy to me. I don't like this place. What did you say? It was like Connecticut was like that now? Massachusetts. Boston. Boston. Boston, Massachusetts is like that now. New York City is like that now. Really? Yeah. Well. New York City, it's actually a crime to assume somebody else's gender without, like if you, if, if you assume somebody else's gender and you're wrong, you can actually lose your business for doing that. Really? Yes. Hmm. So... We live in a pretty good bubble where we're not affected by that quite yet, but we're getting there. And unfortunately... Downtown Salt Lake's definitely getting there. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. I mean, I think Mayor Biscupsy, um did a lot of good things. Uh, first of all, I'll give you guys a little bit of background if you're listening out of the Salt Lake area. Um... She was the first openly gay mayor that mm-hmm. Salt Lake City had elected. But I feel like she implemented a lot of good things. She tried to make like pedestrian travel more like friendly. Um, 
She created bike lanes for people that live downtown. Yeah. All this stuff to try to make the city more green, yeah. which I 100% agree with. But also, <laughs> with, with her reign, saying stuff like bitch and cunt um, or whatever did start to become kind of uh, faux pas. And uh, not to say that it's an excuse, but I, I say cunt from time to time because I spent some time with some Brits in Afghanistan. And that word does not have the same meaning as it does here. Like, in Britain, it's not the same. Uh, for instance, I had a, a, a friend, I have a friend of mine um, I used to work with. Uh, he says he says cheers at the end of every conversation because he lived in Australia for three years. Yeah. It's kind of the same premise. Like, he just continues to say it. I still say <laughs> spasiba to people. Um, from my time in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, but, it, so, like, saying those, saying cunt specifically, if that were considered a quote-unquote hate crime, I guess I'd be going to jail. Well, I just see it this way. Like, if they get offended by it, great. They go home and dye their hair blue twice that night. Like, that's how I view view it. If you're going to get offended, get offended. Don't take my First Amendment right and punish me for something that I... I should be able to say whatever the fuck I want without anyone getting offended. May, people may not like me. That's fine. I don't care. At least I can say what I want to say. But unfortunately, now if I say bitch in Boston, I can get a ticket for that. Up to 500 bucks. That's ridiculous. Um <laughs> That's a First Amendment violation. I don't care. It does not infringe on the right of somebody else to get offended. Sticks and stones, motherfucker. <laughs> it doesn't actually hurt you. If it offends you, work on your own shit. Like, no, I I agree. I one hundred percent agree. I will say this though: there was a thing that the Supreme Court passed as far as um, the First Amendment that you're not allowed to do that I do agree with. Yeah. Yelling fire in a crowded space. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Imagine if you get NJP'd, though, now by saying bitch in the military. Because that's where we're moving to. Dude, everyone would be NJP'd. Yeah. Yeah. I said it the other day during clinical, and I'm in a quote-unquote professional setting. And I, I told somebody they were bitching about salad dressings. Yeah. And my teacher made somebody get up and shut the door <laughs> to our little conference room. And I was like, what's wrong with saying what I just said? And he's like, well, you need to be a little more professional. And I was like, well, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that's why I want to work in a prison. Good move. Anyways, what I was alluding to is Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> is that how we got on this? That's what it goes. That's what I was getting to. Is it? And I'll just leave it at this because I don't want to go down the rabbit hole anymore. Within the next two years, the whole society is going to realize how tied to this, how tied up he was in everyone. And uh, <clears throat> Disney's going to go down. Fucking like, just fucking wait. Just watch. Just watch, man. You think? Oh, I fucking know. Like. 
the evidence is all there. It's just being suppressed right now. Because if you talk about that kind of stuff, you're a white supremacist. If you yeah, talk, yeah, told me about that. Yeah, Epstein didn't kill himself. Is now trying to. They're trying to paint the narrative that you're a white supremacist if you say that. Um. So yeah, I'm just saying, watch what comes out in the next two years because it's gonna be fucking brutal. So here, here's my question to you with mm. our last few minutes here. Yeah. Um. So whether or not he killed himself, like, okay, say he didn't kill himself, do you think he's still alive? Yes. Yes. I got a bunch of notifications during we were talking about Epstein investigation. It's the whole debate of, did we go to the moon? Didn't we go to the moon? No one's asking the question, what's on the moon? No one asked that question. It's a, it, And that's a conspiratorial spin on it. But if so they like can... People are like, he killed himself. He didn't kill himself. Is he still alive? No one's asking that anymore. Um, well, I just did. Exactly. But um, majority of people are not. Because that's how the media works. They change the conversation to get us arguing about two different things that aren't the true story. That's how Fox, CNN, uh, freaking MSNB, all of them work together to do that. Um, because at the end, they're all owned by the six most powerful corporations. Fox is owned by Disney. Um, which is, I think they also own ABC. i the Koch brothers died. Me too. Me too. I think Mike Pence is a piece of shit too. Um, Which one? The one that we were playing with in Battlefield earlier? Today? That one and the one that sits next to Trump. I think Mike Pence <laughs> is, a, is a child pedophile. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I truly Both of them do. are. Both of them probably are. Mike P. Pence, the guy that was fucking hacking with the Lewis gun on Battlefield earlier Dickhead. today. That could have been real Mike Pence, too. I don't know. It could have been. Um, probably not, but it could have been. Yeah, no, just fucking look into it because a lot of these guys hide behind Christianity. I'm a good Christian. No, That's... no, and the, I I know that because they're like my friend who's transgender and yeah. made the switch from female to male, Jamie. Uh, they were heavily involved in youth group and stuff when we were younger. Really, like hardcore involved in the Christian youth group. Of and they the were church. molested. I don't know if they were molested, but they were, like, hardcore involved in, like, they were, like, 100%, like, you know, church is everything, Jesus rocks, and then they got out of of it, and in their 20s, he was like, um, you know, <clears throat> this is who I am, and... uh I could re- I can really see where when we were younger he was using all of that as a blanket like a, a denial blanket yeah like don't pay attention to the man behind the green curtains sort right of thing yeah um and now now they are uh, now he is I shouldn't say they but now he is who he is um and. He's all the better for it, and he's so much happier that he's given up that that like hardcore 
cling to uh, Christianity and religion to cover up who he was in the first place. Yeah. People hide behind it for sure. Yeah. Like it's, it's like if you say a bunch of homophobic remarks, you're probably more likely like gay than you aren't, you know, what would you do in that situation? Like just for shits and giggles, you're amongst like hundred millionaire billionaire, really, really rich people. And child pedophilia comes out of nowhere, and you're like in the midst of it. Like you're, you get flown to this island that's owned by this guy named Jeffrey Epstein. Seems like a cool guy. You don't know anything more than he's talked to you. He seems cool. You fly out there. You're with all these other people that already are like, yeah, this is normal, dude. How do you react? First of all, I would be like, it's not normal. Yeah. I probably, for the sake. of gathering evidence wouldn't say anything. This is the thing. It's the initiation, right? So I would start collecting data, trying to get shit on film. Yeah. Um, you know, recording conversations with my phone. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then I'd pass it on to the proper authorities. If it got buried, I might wind up dead. If it didn't get buried, if it got buried and I didn't wind up dead, the next time I was invited to this said gathering, I'd probably just start killing motherfuckers. The whole idea is when you get invited the first time you participate and it's put into a social pressure. This is the theory. I, I was, wouldn't, though. Right. And I, then, I wouldn't participate. So then what they do, this is the theory. All the people that own the media make up lies about you. Dallas is a child pedophile. And they blame what they're doing on you. So if if that's the case, okay, I, I, I'm going to, and I'm not even going to say it's a cop-out answer. Okay, um, that's fine. If, if, if that's the case, I still wouldn't do it. Why? Because I want to be able to look myself in the mirror. I'm an ugly motherfucker. Yeah. I, I'm not the best looking guy in the on the planet, but at least I can fucking shave my face. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, uh, go ahead, throw me in jail. Put all these trumped up charges against me. I agree. I personally know I did not have sex with a, a child. I did not molest a child. I did not do... Right. Something completely damaging to a child. You want to throw me in jail and like create a bunch of trumped up charges and like create evidence and shit and like fine. Do it. At least I'm able to deal with myself. Yeah. If I get killed in jail for being a child like molester or a pedophiliac, at least I died not know like not doing that actually doing that to somebody something very similar happened to dmz remember dmz he went to prison he went to fucking prison because he wouldn't participate in what and y'all can do your own research look into dmz but he would not participate in the status quo and he got sent to prison and the whole system works in a compartmentalized way that like the people that are I rich. I wonder if that's uh, Takashi 6 9 
still. It could be. Anything that you hear about in the media more than likely is to distract you from something else. Um, it's to get you asking questions about the wrong subject. So yeah, it's painting this picture of this kid. Like, does anyone ever wonder how these, these drug addicts and these people that are pushing like all of these terrible things onto the, onto the youth through music or whatever. And I, I think that still, I still think music influences society. Um, how did these people get into power? Like, why did, why was their message heard? Why did these producers pick them up? Um, the people that are rich are rich for a reason. There's a reason why Bill Gates gave Epstein money after he found out he was a child pedophile. There's a reason that Elon Musk knew Epstein. There's a reason why all of these people knew Epstein and it all ties to this dude and no one wants to pursue that anymore. So with this being said, um, like I'm, I'm not deep into the conspiracy theory stuff. I've got too much shit going on in my own life to really give a shit about it. That's the secret. If they can keep people busy through working, like, right. What's the big thing? Jobs. Everyone needs a job, jobs. Everyone needs jobs. Cause then you don't have time to ask questions. Okay. Imagine if no one had a job and had time to pay attention to Epstein had time to pay attention to this shit. That's where it... So I, I have a question for you um, in this regard because you pay a lot more attention to this than I do. And it sounds like you're kind of calling me out on that a little bit, and that's no. fine. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm not calling you out at all because I, I, it's just something I'm passionate about. Right, and I, I understand that, but I'm also passionate about getting my nursing degree. For sure. And I want to be a nurse. I, I like... I want to help my community in that way. Yeah. But because of that, I'm not able, like you, you and I were talking about it today. Like come April, you'll actually be able to like chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like breathe. Um, but, uh, where does George Soros fall into all this? Is he like a completely separate thing? Because I've heard the Greta Turnberg stuff like, oh, like she's like a, a Soros lackey. He's a financer. So if you look at what banks are, the whole term bank came from the idea of what a riverbank is. It's the flow of something. Banks control the flow of money. Without the bank, okay, without the Fed, the Fed gives the money to the banks and the banks trickle the money into what they think is beneficial to pushing forward a certain agenda. George Soros is an influencer that has billions of dollars who can influence money to push agendas. The whole idea of what George Soros, and you can fact check me, anyone out there, George Soros has a foundation called the Open Society Foundation, which is the idea the of open making... borders, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's to make sure there's no borders. What did Hitler want? Everyone also forgets that George Soros uh, collaborated with Nazis. At a young age, he denied being, I think, from Jewish heritage and helped the Nazis confiscate Jewish stuff. He betrayed his family. He betrayed all of it so they wouldn't kill him. Really? So he helped them move. So So, I think he's a modern-day Nazi is what I'm saying. Really? Yes. Even though, okay, so you and I have to watch a thing then. Um, It's called Believer. Okay. I've never watched it, but it's about a Jewish Nazi. So I, I, I'm kind of interested in this now. 
Okay. But, I mean, self-preservation is a big deal. Right. Okay, he betrayed his family and everything. But if he was truly... I, I don't know the age of this guy. Let's look it up. Um, I think he's like pushing 170 now. He's fucking old, dude. <laughs> There's no way he's pushing 170. He's, he's at least in his ni- 80s or 90s. He looks like a fucking gaping wizard sleeve. 89 years old. Um, So, so he would have been alive back then. Yeah. I can see it. He was very young. No, he would have been. Um, He would have been about nine years old when everything started. He crashed the Russian economy. Good for him. Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, what I'm saying is self-preservation, it's a big deal. Yeah. Personally, I know I wouldn't betray Liz. I wouldn't betray... My dad. I wouldn't betray my brother. I think you wouldn't betray most people. I'd probably betray my mom. Yeah, but I mean in a sense of like actively manipulating her to get what you want. Like you have no sense of like, I'm going to do whatever I want to further my progress by siphoning from you. Yeah, but I'm talking about specifically this Nazi okay. situation. Mm-hmm. You said he betrayed himself to make sure he survived. And he his betrayed family. his family to make sure he survived. Right. I can tell you, like, I wouldn't do that for certain members of my family. Right. But for other members of my family, I couldn't give a shit less. The government comes to your house and says, give us all your guns. In return, we'll give you a billion dollars, but we also want you to help us take other people's guns. No. That's what he did. Okay. That's my, that's, I think he's a bitch sellout. Um, but I get, I get your point as well. Like family is. It's, it, it's a multi, multifaceted thing. Like, as I get older, I see all of the ways my my mother manipulated my brother and I. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not cool. Right. You know, like, if, if she did the same thing today, it would not be okay. Like, For sure. I, I would fucking call her out on it because I know what's going on. Yeah. Um. But... Like, if I had that insight as a 10-year-old, and there were Nazis beating down the door with Gestapo and fucking German shepherds and shit, and they're like, where's your mom? Yeah. Back bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have at her. I'll join Hitler Youth right now. Yeah. Back then, I probably would have been like, I don't know. Right. But knowing... How she is today, and I hope she doesn't like really learn about this podcast thing until I've made a bunch of money and come set her up in a nice home somewhere, <laughs> so she doesn't get too mad about it. But uh, like today, I mean, you saw the interaction with her yesterday. Yeah, you, you said you felt the tension from a hundred feet away. I did. Um, and when I was younger, she used to steal money from my brother and I, not 
through like conventional means of actually just literally taking money from us. Yeah. But my brother and I, we didn't know how much stuff should cost. Right? Right. Yeah. 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 So like we started driving and it's like, well, we need insurance. So what did we do? We went through my mom's insurance company and we trusted my mom to handle the car insurance. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, how much do we have to give you for car insurance every month? Yeah. This much. And she told us more than it was. Yeah. Same with cell phones. Same with a lot of stuff. She wound up, like, sucking money out of us that didn't need to be sucked out of us when I was, you know, 16 through 20 until I, like, got out of there. And and it wasn't until, like, I was about 22 when I started, like, really started paying for my own shit after I was out of basic training. And I was like, holy shit, this yeah. woman took complete advantage of me and my brother. And my brother still doesn't see it. But my brother also doesn't give a fuck anymore. Like, yeah. he just hates everybody equally. Right. He hates you. He hates me. He hates my mom. He hates fucking the people of afghanistan russians like they're they're we're all equal pieces of shit in his eyes has he been to therapy before denver yeah no one day man i'm telling you like it seems like that 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 scene from full metal jacket where he's like you are all equally worthless yeah that's my fucking brother dude yeah so um but you know, like, when I came to that realization, I was like, holy fuck, dude. This woman's a horrible person. She took advantage of her kids that trusted her. Yeah. You know? Like, I trusted her to do the right thing, and she didn't do that. Right. When you're a teenager, you should be worried about making enough money to fucking hang out with your friends on the weekend. For sure. Yeah. Like, okay, sure, teach the kid responsibility about you know, paying their own car insurance. Hey, Johnny, your car insurance is, you know, I'm going <laughs> to... Getting hydrated. Is this Wait, water? No, no, I don't <laughs> think that is. Um, but like, hey, Johnny, uh, you just started driving. Your car insurance is going to be $30 a month on my policy. So I want $30 a month from you. That's fine to teach them that. Yeah. But my mom didn't do that. Right. She she was like, your car insurance is my total bill for car insurance per child. You have to give me $90 a month. And your yeah. brother has to give me $90 a month for car insurance. Oh, your cell phone bill? It's not an added-on line. Back in the day, like, I I don't know how young or old our crowd is, but back in the day, you had to pay for certain, like, amounts of minutes, and there was, like, after 9 o'clock, it was free to call somebody, and on the weekends, it was free, and, like, it didn't count against your minutes or whatever. But either way, sure. Um, you... You had these, like, cell phone plans, and it was like, 
okay, for each additional line, it's $24 a month. Yeah. My brother and I didn't pay attention to shit like that on commercials. We we trusted our mom, our parent, to do the right thing. And it was like, okay, so each of you also owes me $50 a month for your cell phones. Right. And that was the overall bill. She, like, literally just fucking sucked money out of us. Yeah. As teenagers. Um, So I guess that's when... uh, That's the first time I was molested. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, that was the first time I really... So she basically siphoned more money and used the money without you knowing because you trusted. Yeah, yeah. That was my entire teenage relationship with my mom from the time I started working when I was like 15 or 16 was her saying, oh, let's get you a cell phone. Your cell phone line costs $50 a month. I don't know any better. Yeah. You know. Now, here's my question. Is it possible, do you think, that Big Brother could be doing the same exact thing? Yes. That's, and that's... 100%, I think it's possible. I'm speaking from a more personal... For sure. No, and I get that. I get that. I was just kind of wrapping up what previously we were talking about. Yeah, I can't even fucking remember that, dude. I went on a fucking tangent, and I'm just like bitching about my mother at this point. No, you're good, because that's... I, I have to unload on her, dude. Like, when she's around, like, my wife says I seem to be powerless around her, and I can see that. Like, I I can see that, like, emotionally, like, I get disarmed because she's my mom, and there's, yeah. like, that weird, like, biological thing. For sure. It's the sense of trust. Yeah. It's, it's the sense of being groomed at a young age to trust, and there's always an undernut. It's like a root of a tree. It right, bra- it branches from a, a single place, and then over your lifetime, it gets more and more. But that same root is still—it's still there. It's still there. And you know, um, I've thought about it a lot uh, lately, and it like I'm pretty sure if my mom were to pass away tomorrow, my brother probably wouldn't come to the funeral. Yeah. Just because, like I said, he, he he hates everyone equally. Yeah. Um. But I would not. It would not be a nice eulogy. Right. I know that. I I know that for a fact. Like I I'm when when she passes away, it's it's not gonna be a pleasant funeral. Like, yeah. I'm gonna set it up like it's a normal one, and it's not going to be. Yeah. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna talk about her. I'm gonna tell her. Tell everyone everything she ever fucking did that was wrong because people need to know. Yeah. And I know it's a little too little too late at that point, but it's the only point in my life where I can see other than talking to you and into this microphone where I can unload all of that shit for everyone else in our lives to know. Yeah. So. Oh, that's fair, man. Like I said, like we were talking about before, it's healthy to want to talk about it right? and right. needing to talk about it because right. if you don't, then it builds up in you and takes you down the spiral. Right. So I think it's fine. Um, well, we're going on 320. If you want, we can start another one. I don't care. Yeah, let's wrap this one up. 
Um, cool. This has been another cheap shot discussion with, with Caden. And Dallas. Caden's the conspiracy theorist here. Absolutely, I am. We'll see you next time. Bye.